will be on October the 26th, and we'll get you hooked up with those at 7.30. We also have got a first look at the Browns' depth chart, seeing how is our first game is on Sunday, which, by the way, you can join me at TD's, their late cable lo- uh, location for that. I'll be out there for the Browns game for that. But we have a look at the depth chart, and I see issues already. So we'll do that at 8 o'clock. Joined every morning by Matthew Fantone. Buddy, how are you? Uh, pretty good, man. You mentioned all these things coming up. Guns N' Roses, October 26th. The end of the month, there's the uh, the iHeartRadio Music Festival. And I was like, damn, that's far away away. And then I'm like... No, it's not, man. It's already the like the you know like the beginning end of the beginning of September. It's just uh, just kind of hard to believe. Like yeah, like October, 20, October 26th is coming up. Yes, yeah, here's flying by, and uh, dude, the weather already. It, dude, I'm I'm panicked. I don't like it. I okay. hate. <laughs> no, dude, I hate winter. Okay, and like every time, like I love being back in Ohio because I love doing what I do for a living. And I wasn't doing this when I lived on the West Coast, but. I, Dude, every time I move back here, and I've been here a long time now, like right. four years now, but every time I come back here, and it's been a couple, I'm always like, why? D- as soon as winter hits, I'm like, why did I do this? Why did I do it? I just, dude, nothing depresses me more than snow and bad driving and freezing cold and shivering while you're pumping gas and that whole thing. And it's like, oh, yeah, there's places in the country where this doesn't happen. No, it's not a problem for them at all. <laughs> I mean, like, why they, am I doing deal, this? they have to deal with hurricanes, but, you know, they're not dealing with blizzards. So I guess that's the uh, that's the trade off. See, there. where I lived, the, the worst thing you could get where I lived out west was you weren't really going to get earthquakes a whole lot. Right. And you'd get fire. Like Oregon, okay. like half of Oregon burns down every year, like the, the like the wildfires. But it, they need it. It's like healthy, which is a, a, a right now. Like Los Angeles is just like on fire. Montana, that's something that, something that we've we've just been like, ah, eh, well, this hurricane's going on, and like people aren't necessarily paying attention to that. But dude, yeah, I've heard the wildfires are out of control this year. Yeah, no, the wild. So when I first moved to Oregon and we were like driving up through the hills, and I was like, oh my god, that entire hillside is on fire, and I was the only one in the car freaking out. And they're all like, yeah, man, that, yeah, whatever. That, yeah, that kind of happens. Yeah, and they're like, whatever. what? They're like, dude, the roads will catch on fire here. I was like, what? The way? And they're like, yeah, man, like you won't be able to drive back and forth. I'm like, oh my, dude, if we're going to get stuck at the top of this goddamn mountain, like that's what's going to happen. And so, like, you deal with that. But, like, in the city, you have to deal with, like, the smoke and that kind of stuff. You might, you know, it, it, but it, it wasn't going to burn my house. Well, not where I live. It wasn't going to burn my house down. I guess no matter where you live, no matter what happens, there's, a rub. there's something that's going to be. And I, I, snows, I don't like the snow being the rub. Yeah, I guess of all the rubs. I mean, snow's definitely not the best of them. I would take heat. But, I mean, at least you can, like, I mean, at least snow plows come through. That's my thought is, like, well, it sucks. I agree 100%, but at least there's something we can do about it. Or if your house is on fire, I'm like, oh, hey, boy, you know, if there's wildfires going through your neighbor, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, that's not great. If there's a hurricane the size of Ohio barreling down on your state, like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, Nothing. that thing made landfall, by the way. Irma did, uh, I guess, in what, the... Um on some of the islands there. It's yeah. not, it had not quite hit our border yet, but uh, it, I guess it won't be long. I think per- Puerto Rico is going to be the next thing that gets beat up pretty bad there. So, and I just, you can't even begin to fathom that. And like I said yesterday, I think a lot of people have hurricane fatigue on them. So it's like, yeah, whatever. I just donated to that. But dude, if Florida gets like pummeled by that, dude, it's it's going to be bad. Oh, it's definitely going to be bad. I have, uh, I have friends who work at on the radio in Tampa, and they both called me yesterday, and they were like, uh, yeah, we're not going to work the rest of this week. I was like, what? And they're like, no, man, we've already been instructed. Leave. Like, really? just, you know, no, like, dude, my buddy said, he's, he, dude, his house is boarded up, and he went inland. 
Now, I would assume that uh, most broadcast outlets are going to turn to either like a weather report going on over the you know twenty four hours over their over their signal, or at least like. Jim Cantori doing reports. I don't know if you're necessarily going to have like, you know, Winnie and the Butt, the Rock Morning Show coming out in next. You know what I'm saying? Right. But like, still, like, I am surprised that a broadcast, you know, broadcaster was would decide to leave. Well, I think what a lot of it is, is, dude, everybody's got vacation time. And they were like, why am I going to sit here in this <laughs> studio and be flushed away for iHeartMedia? Why am I going to do Good that? Point. That's, I mean, that's a great point. point. Dude, there's a natural disaster barreling down here. Really? I'm going to be like, well, dude, no, I, uh, dude, let me stand in front of Keith Kennedy and make sure that he doesn't get knocked over? Are you kidding me? I'll throw his chubby ass into the wake of that goddamn thing. I couldn't wait to push that dude into a natural disaster. Are you kidding me? Hopefully one's coming. Hopefully. No, dude, diabetes is what's coming for Keith Kennedy. There is no hurricane coming for him. It's type 2 is what's going to take that boy down. What's the stories with you? What do you got going I, dude, on? I wish I had some stories. I, um... You know, it, it, the weather called for rain all day yesterday, but then it ended up being a little bit nice. Right. So I was like, all right, like you, I started to realize, like, all right, well, the year's winding down. Yeah, I got to get out there. I was like, so, dude, I might as well go play some golf while I still can, because in about a month, month and a half, I probably won't be able to. So I got out there, played all right, not great, had a few mental errors that really stopped me from, like, scoring, like, a really decent card yesterday, which is why it let me down. Like, I did the first three holes, I played great. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing more frustrating than just being – Barely not good enough. I mean, it's one thing you're like, damn, dude, I couldn't get the game together yesterday. Yeah. It's another thing to be like, oh, I was a step away from really reaching my goals there. Um, speaking of the golf game and goals, I remember at the very beginning of the season we talked about, you know, yeah, I'm Sans- not gonna hit it. Sansbury and his obsessive natures and, yes. and and going out there and golfing. And you had a goal set for yourself, so you're not going to hit that. I don't think I will. Okay, no, my goal was to shoot 38 on the front at the Pines by October 31st. Okay. that's pretty good. I mean, dude, it's two over. Like, you got to play great. Okay, so you know what I mean? uh, yeah, I mean, not much room for error. There. No room for error. So for I mean, for the first for seven of those holes, you got to hit par. Okay, yeah. So like, you got to be really good, you know. And um, at that point, now I, the best I've ever done on the front there, I think was forty three. So I've come very so close. close, so close. close, so close. It's hard, man. It's hard, and that's the thing about like that's what I realized yesterday because I was one under through three yesterday, right. Right? So I'm doing pretty good. Feeling good about yourself. Started things off right. But then, dude, two bad swings, and now, oh, well, that hole's gone. And then now, and dude, like, bad thoughts permeate, and it's like, dude, being able to set up to something, do it the same exact way, and perfectly execute it every single time is, A, why the game can never be mastered. But it's like, you realize, oh, my God, this is how hard this is. Like, you know, people who... Like, guys like me who play a little bit and they start to get a little bit better, they're like, you know, if I put all my time into this, I could be a pro. No, you couldn't. No. No, yeah. no, you couldn't. no, you couldn't. Guys who give golf lessons at, at, at like, golf courses can't be pros. Like, that's, the, like, the, the space between those two things. The, the, the ego of people who are just like, yeah, I could go out there and do it. You know, if it's I, crazy. If I had a little bit more time, it's like, no, dude, if you had a little bit more time and a lot more skill, then maybe, just maybe, you could get it done. But it's not like, it's not like well, dude, you know, I got other things going on that's why i can't be a golf pro it's like people who are like oh man i was so good at high school football if i just would have had the opportunity coach just would have played me more it's like shut up dude shut up you know what people can't ever figure out in that 
if you would have been any good, the coach, coach would have played you more. Coach would have got you out what, there. What, do you think the coach didn't put you in the game more to keep you in check? Coach didn't want me to be an NFL quarterback. <laughs> no, Is that really what happened? Is no, the coach wants as many players he coaches to go to the NFL as humanly possible because then he looks like the genius. You turd. He didn't put you in the game because, what, get it out for you? No, you sucked at the linebacker position. You were terrible at it. Right, like grown people are just like standing around like plotting against teenagers like, yeah, man, I'm going to get that high schooler and I'm going to screw over his entire life. Like, get over yourself, guys. Yeah, that's a, that's a little insane. So, like, uh, you know, outside of that, and um, I, I just, you know, I play a little golf and then not much, man. I, uh, Dude, I'm, I hate to say this because my dad always used to say, Daniel, only the boring can be bored. And he's right about it. But, like, I am ungodly bored all day. Like, dude, I have really hit a wall here. All right, so golf has kind of ran its course in the sense of I know you're still passionate about it. I know you still want to do that. I know yeah, but it's kind wanna... of what I do now. Right. and It's that... not new. Right, 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 right. I mean, you're still passionate and enthusiastic about yeah. masturbating, but that's not necessarily the cure to the answer or the cure to the, to, to the problem here. Um, have you thought about maybe getting involved in some kind of other activity, some kind of other, you know? I'm not wild about it. See, but that, you got to push yourself a I, little bit there. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I, I, dude, I have always said, I'll give you all of my money so I don't have to give you any of my time. Well, and I'm that's sa- just who I am. I'm just saying, like, no, I'm just saying, like, if you went out and started, you know, I don't know, like. Don't say running. No, I mean, like, but something something of that where it's another hobby. I'm not saying, like, you have to go out and volunteer like, or anything. I'm just saying, like, it gives you something to Another like, hobby? Yeah, another something to do, like being involved in, I don't know, like. Yeah, I wish I enjoyed things. Taking, like, a cooking class or, like, doing, Okay, like- so let me ask you that, okay? Okay. Because I would like that. I actually would. So there are two things I would be very interested in, which would be a cooking like thing because I would like to get better at that. I'm all right at it, but okay. I, you know I'd like to get better at it because it looks like I'm signed up for a life of loneliness here. <laughs> so you know what I mean. Better learn how to make a couple of things. You know what I mean. So like I'd be all right with that. And you know what interests me a great deal is photography interests me a great deal. Yeah, you've talked about that before. Now I don't. What's crazy is is that I am always embarrassed when I take out my cell phone and like stop to take a picture of something because I feel like people are walking by like. Idiot! That thing really—that's what you're taking a picture of. Very much, it seems like when you take your phone out, especially as like a single dude just like walking down the street and take a picture. Yeah, probably not recording your kids. Right. It seems like a little (laughs) bit like what is this dude doing? Exactly. It seems like a little bit too of like. It's like taking a video with your phone of fireworks. Like, dude, you're never going to look at that picture again. You're never going to, you It's grainy, know. looks awful, right. can't see it. Right. So, well, maybe, I mean, like, and I'm sure that there's plenty of options out there, whether it's through something like Stark State or Kent State Stark or even, like, the library or maybe, like, you know, Stark Parks or something. I'm sure there's classes out there where you could, you know, get yourself a, a you know, couple hundred dollar camera, get yourself the equipment, maybe I learn a little bit. I would try the library, but having to ignore the smell of the person sitting next to me probably. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I got... But I would be interested in in photography if I could find like what it would cost for me to get into like a decent camera, not one that's like crazy. And now that's that's exactly what I would not want you to do is I don't want you to go out there and spend a thousand dollars on a camera and then be like, I don't know how to use this thing. This thing's stupid. I hate pictures. This is dumb. I mean, you'd have to kind of like, well, I won't do that. I'll prove it to you. I would never do that. And it's because like, okay, let's go back to the golf thing. Right. That's my passion. Right. There's a club I want. It's one hundred and thirty dollars brand new. And I won't buy it. 
Because I'm like, I'm like telling myself, like, dude, what are you? That's a hundred, hundred and thirty dollars. What are you doing? Who are you living all high on the hog, <laughs> buying all the things you want? Like, I just, dude, I guilt myself in like out of things I want. I bet you could find a decent used camera, professional wood camera, couple, like I said, couple hundred bucks, and then you could go take a class. And if you decided, dude, screw this, this is dumb. Why did I do this? I'm out of it. Right, and then you're out, and then all you right. can sell it, and you can move on with your life. Because you know what interests me is. Like buildings and architecture, like that kind of thing. Stark like, County has great architecture. Yes, it does. It really As a matter does. of fact, when I first moved downtown, what I I, I spent the, the first couple of days here just walking around, and people are going to find this odd because I'm a non-believer, but I, dude, I am always taken aback by the churches here. Oh, they're amazing. They're beautiful. Yeah, they're beautiful. I live right by one. There's a few right down the street from me, and they're beautiful. And so every once in a while, I'll just catch myself like standing outside, just like, man, look at that. And then I start thinking about, like, man, think about all those people that you know carried all those bricks up those ladders and all this stuff and built it, and now we're going to deport them all. Like that sounds. <laughs> terrible you know what I mean? but like so like but architecture does interest me and so like taking still photos of things like that would i honestly i could spend hours doing that i mean it's not like you would have to be like dan stansbury photographer llc i'm ansel adams like no you could just go out there you could take you know i mean yeah you know, you know who could help me who's that is I bet Joe Albert could help me. Oh, for sure he could. There's, right? Dude, yeah, for 100% sure. I'm sure if you went down there and said, you know, hey, I'm Stansberry and blah, 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 he'd give you the advice. He'd tell you what you need to do. Well, there you go. There well, you maybe go. that's what I there won't do. That's my, maybe, that's what, maybe that's what I won't do. <laughs> I'm so bored. So, dude, I do have to thank you for something. <laughs> okay. All right? Because I got credit for something that technically, I guess, you did. Okay. All right? So somebody came to me yesterday, or not yesterday, but like two weeks ago and said, hey, I'm looking to get a tattoo. And it's somebody we work with. And I said, okay. I said, well, you know, Fantone just got one from this place. I said, and I know the girl, like, we're friends on Facebook. Carly Allman is her name. Mm -hmm. And I said, why don't you go there? So sure enough, she went there, got a really good deal on the tattoo, and, like, the things went great. So, like, but I forget where they were. Heritage Tattoos there we right there on Cleveland. There we go. But, uh, yeah, she went and saw Carly. So thanks. I just awesome. was like, yeah, no, that, you know, yeah, this is, she's like, who do you know down here? And I was like, well, we do know them. Just the girl I stalk on Instagram. <laughs> You know, she's married. Stalk's a little harsh. Right, you know, I, I, I peruse is, is the word, Rob. Peruse. Apparently, men are making huge mistakes surrounding their underwear, and I'll tell you what they are next on Rock 1069. It's Rock Station. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 1069. 730, we'll pass out those Guns N' Roses tickets as they play the queue October the 26th, and then 8 and 9 o'clock both. You're getting hooked up with the keyword that will send you out to Las Vegas for the 2017 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Thomas Red's part of that. Kesha, Big Sean, Chris Stapleton, Pink, 30 Seconds to Mars, bunch of others. Good stuff. Yeah, we'll send you at 8 o'clock. You get your first keyword of the day. Also at 8, we'll take a look at the Browns' depth chart as they're back in action Sunday against the Steelers. You can find me at TD's Tailgate Grill, late cable location for the Browns game this week. Nice. Looking forward to that. You know, he asked me to like host those NFL parties for him at TDs all year, and I was like, well, the Browns were like the last. I mean, dude, sports was like the last reason why I was holding on to my TV, right. like the cable. Right. Like maybe I cut it. Right. I'm going to be in a bar every week now watching at the NFL games. Maybe I cut it. Yeah, especially since you um, have fallen out of love a little bit with Game of Thrones. And yeah, now that that season's wrapped up anyway, yeah, it's going to be a year and a half before it comes back. Maybe I, uh, maybe I take a year and a half break. Who right, knows? Right. And I mean, at that point, I mean, just pay for HBO Go when you want it back. And 
be done. I don't know, dude. You're right, though. I, if you're going to be gone on Sundays, and what's the purpose of it? And honestly, at this point, I feel like you can get most stuff you want to watch one way or another anyway, whether it's via sling or just regular like antenna TV or like whatever it is. Like there's there's All options right. out there for you. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I do. If you have real knowledge and not just like fanboy, like well, no Xbox is like I want to know about PlayStation View. Okay. All right, because apparently they have. Like a like a live TV option that is what I've always been asking for, Phantom. Which you know, I want a la carte TV. I want FS1. I don't need ESPN Diablo or whatever. I just dude, let me have what I want, and I don't need everything else, right? And so apparently, <laughs> PlayStation View offers me like a la carte TV. And the reason now I have an Xbox One, but the new Call of Duty is coming out in November. And so what I thought about doing is, is like, okay, if this PlayStation View thing works out good, or if it's something I want, then I'll just, in November, I'll just pre-order the PS4 that will come with, like, Call of Duty, like, the, you know, the bundle is what right. they call it, and I'll just start from scratch November 3rd. And I was like, maybe that's just what I'll do. So if you, ha- if you have PlayStation View, and, like, dude, I just need somebody to send me some information on it, like, good, bad, here's why I like it, here's what I wish they did that, that they don't, and that kind of thing, so I can figure out if it's right for me. Basically, you do the research and I'll read the cliff notes. You know what I mean? Like this is high school, right? Okay. I'm linebacker okay. and you got glasses on, nerd. so you're doing my homework. Okay. And it, it's luckily it's it's homework about video games, so you're exactly. both nerds. I mean, it really doesn't matter. Exactly, but that seems like that that seems like a system that might be good for me. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it uh, there's plenty of options out there, and I think all at this point you have to do is just kind of go do the legwork and just kind of go do the research or ask the audience to do it for you, and and you'd probably be able to save some money. So men are not known for their fashion acumen, right? No, no, it's pretty low on the priority list. Either that, or if they do, what do what, what does everybody say? Must be gay. Maybe he's gay. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, the the concept of the metrosexual um, was was pretty big a couple of years ago, but I feel like even that's kind of fallen off. I feel like. Do you remember Queer Eye for the Straight Guy? Yeah. Yeah. I totally do. Of course. <laughs> go get it. Go get a spray tan and wear like a, a shirt with a collar. Was usually what they did there. Get more pink in there. Right. Like that. That was like their thing. So men aren't really known for their you know their fashion act. But apparently, we're making some huge mistakes with our underwear. All right. Okay. And. One of the mistakes is we're buying the wrong color, they say. And obviously, any kind of white clothing will show stains easily, right. including your underwear. Right. So they say, stay away from white and go into dark colors like navy, gray, black, and it, they take longer to fade, and you won't have to replace them as frequently. Right. Yeah, I mean, and they're, they're not going to be... If you're a guy and didn't know that... Right. <laughs> that's why you're broke. Um, and- <laughs> Like because dude, you might be too dumb to live. And and uh, you know, there's going to be the well. This way, y- you won't have stains that that uh, that accumulate. And what I'm going to say about that is, if you're a grown person who is still getting like stainage in their underwear on a regular basis, you really need to reevaluate how you're wiping. Like if that's a real problem for you on a regular basis, like dude, you've got to you've got to step your wiping game. I mean. Off. It's the butt. So, like, dude, sometimes you're going to have things that, you know, are outside of your control. But, dude, I'm telling you, I know a lot of married women, right? And a lot of my buddies are married. 
And when we all get together Friday night, we sit around and we're drinking like around the camp or whatever. Dude, women bitch about this. So, dude, I think it's more men. I think it's more adults than you think. I that it boggles my mind, dude. You you as a pooper have the responsibility to make sure that it's all clean before you walk away. That is on you. That is on you. That's on nobody else. Personal yeah. accountability comes into play here. I promise you, there will be no social program <laughs> for the butt wiping of a forty-year-old man. I promise you, dude. The government's not coming to like make sure you know you're right them's clean like that's not happening right now another thing they say is you buy tidy whities and it's not necessarily the color it's the it's the style the cut the brief there that you should stay away from and i agree you just look weird now tidy whities yes but if you had the same cut necessarily of underwear briefs and it was like a different style would that Uh, be okay dude even still like i just went i just went and bought bought underwear the other day Right. right And uh, and I'm pretty adamant about it. I switch it up a lot. I uh, you know I don't do that thing. Wraps the dirtiest part of your body. Do your boy True. your boy throws that and socks out a lot. Okay. Like I buy new socks and underwear a lot, right? And I was in the aisle, and I had them in my hand, and I was like looking. I was like, well, maybe, I haven't worn a pair of regular briefs in forever. Maybe, right. maybe I'll do it. Right. And then I picked the package up, and I looked. Ugh. I looked at the guy wearing it, and I was like, you just <laughs> look like a creep. It just honestly, it just looks like. Does this come with my free rape van? Like I don't understand. Like it just looked terrible. Yeah, I mean, and unless you're like buff in like the dude on the package, then it's like, well, man, that's all right. But yeah, you or I just walking around wearing those briefs, that would be pretty bad. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan of that. No. So they say, you know, uh, what you should do there, and this is what I do, is, uh, dude, I, I am a boxer brief f- fan. I, I like those. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, dude, the boxers, you know what I mean? I remember, uh, it, dude, and I laughed at it then, but I didn't know because I was still too young when Costanza's like, my boys need a house, Jerry. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? And then now I got a little older, and I was like, yeah, dude, your boys need a house. I mean, it's the comfort of boxers with the support of briefs, so really is the best of both worlds there. Um, On a daily basis, though, I wear boxers. I, I, really? On, on an average, yeah. On an average day. Oh, I always find that, dude, that the, the, the fabric or whatever, it's too loose, and then, that, you know, it's... So I don't know. I like to have a little bit of extra room down there. I think that's part of my thing is I like to have a little bit of breathing space down there. See, I, I nor- what I normally do is not is you buy them a little bit bigger, right? Not so where you know you're like sagging your 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 underwear because then, dude, you know, I mean, you'd be showing your ass cheeks. But like a little breathability in the region. I'm with you. I understand that, but I. Uh, yeah, dude, I can't, I, I can't rock boxers anymore. They say buying the wrong fabric is another mistake men will buy with their underwear. They say before you buy another six-pack, read the label. Regular cotton underwear is light and breathable, good for casual day-to-day wear there. Right. They say microfiber underwear wicks away moisture, and these briefs from Jockey are just like $34 a pack for three. Jesus. Jeez. That seems like a lot. Like, dude, you and I just heard a commercial on the radio station the other yesterday morning. Yeah. We were making, we were not making fun of it, but like, you know, we acknowledged it. And I was like, man, I don't. Ever remember breathability and underwear being such an issue, but welcome well, to 2017. I mean, think about, you know, when you're out there on the golf course, I know you wear like Under Armour shirts because that takes the sweat away. Why wouldn't you want the Yeah, same, there are dry you know, fit clo- golf clothes. Yeah. yeah, no, uh, and dude, that stuff is comfortable. So. Right. So, I mean, I think it's the same same treatment to the uh, to the boys down there. You might as well give it to them, right? Apparently, we're drying our underwear the wrong way. The heat from your dryer takes the stretch out of the elastic, leaving your underwear loose and baggy. 
They say dry with a cooler, delicate cycle instead of high heat to go easy on the fabric. So I don't know. Text your wife and tell her how to how to dry your underwear. As as somebody who does laundry, I will one hundred percent disagree with that. I feel like the heat of the dryer is where your only chance for sanitation really comes in. When heat it comes equals to clean in the male brain, right? Like and well, and I mean, you're, I'm sorry, but even if you wash your clothes on hot, that water's not getting hot enough to like truly sanitize. The only hope you no, have it's just like butt soup, right? The only hope you have to really get like the germs dead and I don't even know if the heat of the dryer is enough to do that but at least it gives me that idea so no I'm going to disagree with that and uh, you know I don't even do my laundry as a matter of fact I have it done I, um, right. I, I have my stuff laundered and honestly it kind of freaks me out sometimes when I go in there to pick it up because I look at everybody in there and I'm like oh dude was my stuff in there with you well and think like, and think too I mean like I, mean, I hate not, to be judgmental but those, I'm judgmental those poor women who are like taking your laundry and like alright now listen I know you're probably cleaner than most but on an average basis they're pulling out those tidy whities with that skid mark on it they are dude and they have to clean that that's a terrible job alright so because somebody else does my laundry i have looked at stuff before putting in the bag like yeah that's too dirty just throw it just out. throw it away just throw it out just like <laughs> yeah because i don't want to look at her in the eye like hey how's that ball sweat did you like it i mean smell good right and it's, dude especially since i brought a 10 pound bag full of it in here now here's the number one thing men are doing wrong with their underwear and you're gross honestly this is gross apparently dude a lot of men re-wear underwear before washing them. no guys no i don't get it no I don't get it. There's nothing, dude. That's such a good feeling. Like the fresh pair of underwear out of like the, the you know out of the drawer there, and you put them on, dude. You feel clean and new for the day. Like that's a good feeling. If it's touching you, if it's your socks, if it's your underwear, if it's your undershirt, those are one offs. Like those are the one offs. If you like my jeans, I'll wear these again tomorrow. Whatever. Moving on with my. I've had life these on quickly. for a week. Right, 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 right. Even like even like a t shirt. Eh, if you got an undershirt on, maybe you can make the argument of oh, I only wore it for a couple of hours. But like socks and underwear, what are you doing? All right, I need an underwear, uh, dude. I need an underwear judgment call. Okay. All right. So like, dude, let me know what the system is here. Okay. So like, we have a different schedule, right? So sometimes what we'll do is we'll shower the night before. All right. So if I shower at like seven forty-five, mm-hmm. right, get out of the shower, and I decide, you know what? Tonight's like an underwear in bed type night versus just like something else. So I'm just like, you know, grab a pair of the box briefs, put those on, nothing else, go to bed. If I wake up 4 o'clock in the morning to come here and I roll out of bed and I just throw jeans on over top of that, is that wrong? No, because you're asleep and it's not necessarily, if you were walking around in it. sleep. Well, yeah, but if you were walking around living your day-to-day, that'd probably call for it. Um, and it's this job, too. Now, if you were putting on a suit and going to the courthouse, then I'd be like, well, dude, put on a new pair of underwear. I think you're okay here. I think you're all right. As if... Like I don't know. I just feel like I, that's sorry, different, that seems like a weird place to, to. It just feels like a different thing to me. Where it's like if 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 this job were more you know professional. Yeah, if this job were more dealing with the public or something like that. But I feel like here it's like yeah, whatever. All right, well, good. I'm glad because that's what I did last night. <laughs> I took a shower late last night and I woke up a little late this morning, put it on jeans, and ran right out the door. But do not rewear, dude. No. Like if you. Like, take underwear off the floor and put them back on your body. That's gross. It will always fail the smell test. And that's the thing. It's like, you do have to, if you're going to wear something more than once, you do have to give it that sniff, and your underwear will always fail that. Always. Yeah. Honestly, that's the worst smell in the world. Right. As a guy who will smell his dental floss occasionally, <laughs> let me tell you, dude, B-Sweat <laughs> is the worst. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. You hang on. 
Dan Stansbury, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. 7.30, we'll get you hooked up with a pair of Guns N' Roses tickets as they play the queue on October 26th. You know, I don't have a lot of time here, but I do want to acknowledge something that is a fair criticism of this show. All right. And plenty of people have issues with it. But a fair criticism is that we talk sports and maybe ignore the Indians a little too much. And that's a fair criticism. And uh, the Indians did win 13 straight now last night after uh, what was a not-so-stellar outing by Salazar to start the game out. Actually, it was pulled in the first inning from what I read. I didn't watch the game, but from what I read... And they come back and they win in dramatic fashion, and 13 in a row. And if I'm he- if I'm reading this correctly, we're the first team to go back to back seasons with 13 straight wins since the 60-61 Yanks. Wow. So I mean, the Indians are out there doing big things, and so that's a fair criticism. For as much as we cover football and basketball and Kyrie and LeBron and all that, that's a fair criticism of the program. Part of the problem is, and this almost would would think you'd think this would give us more, you know, Indians coverage, is that there's no drama involved. It's just like these guys go out there and they win baseball games, and I know that's kind of what it's a you faceless want. sport a little bit. It's too. what you want out of your sports. You just want your teams to compete, but like the stories are always the Browns, or the yeah. stories are always things going on with the Cavs, and that is fair. That, that I mean, you can't argue with it. The, the thing about baseball is is that it just doesn't have a star, let alone local star. It just they it, it, they're suffering an identity issue. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I think everybody is really excited about. Jose Ramirez and Frankie Lindor and Corey Kluber and all those guys, but I mean, outside of here, I don't know if any of those dudes are necessarily relevant on on a national. No, level. I think honestly, I think even most national baseball players. But we don't. I mean, we don't do a national show. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like, it's I fair. mean, if I took Bryce Harper, who's probably the most recognizable baseball player today, and I. Send him into. I always. I, I like the mall test, right? What's going to turn heads at the mall? Bryce Harper. I think women would look at him because he's an attractive guy, right? And maybe you'll notice a basketball player because it's like, dude, where that six foot nine dude come from? Like, so maybe like that's part of it. But if I took in, like, if I took Shump or Bryce Harper and walked him through a mall, and let's make it here locally because that's who I'm talking right. to. I mean, Shump's going to get noticed before Bryce Harper, right? Yes, I would say Shump would get noticed before Bryce Harper. but n- That's a guy that doesn't start. But none of the Browns would get noticed, right? Who off of the Browns? Miles Garrett, probably? Well, there's the helmet issue, right? I guess, but still, I mean, like, you know, all I feel like who's, you know, Kirksey from the Browns? Okay, I have no idea a, what that dude looks like. That's a decent argument, but we know this is football country. You know what I mean? Right. Like, we we do know that. And so, like, I, but I will admit that that's a fair criticism. To say that we don't acknowledge the Indians and the season they're having enough is totally a fair criticism yeah. of the of the program. And so when I when I woke up this morning and I realized, I'm like, damn, dude, they came back from that? 13 straight? Row, that's impressive. And like I said yesterday, I was the guy that told you this was going to happen. After the All-Star break, they'd get it together and they'd start to look like a World Series team. Well, and a part of this problem is, is don't get me wrong, 13 in a row is certainly impressive. And, you know, leading the AL Central is a great place to be. As, sure as, as a franchise, um, but 
it's still like, God, there's so much baseball left. And I know we're getting towards the end of the season. There's probably 20 games left. But still, like, it just feels like you still have a lot of time left. Like 20 games is a lot. Like, dude, take 20 games away from the NBA. Right. Like, that's I mean, a lot. NFL season 16. So it's, you <laughs> it's know. Not even 20 games. It, right. But still, like, it's just one of those things. It almost feels like the Indians and baseball more so is easy to ignore. Maybe we're doing a better job of that. Let one. me ask you this question. And I've always been curious about this. Has football been so popular in this country because it's the ultimate distraction from the worst time of year. Is that partially, is that what helped build that sport is the fact that dude, it takes your mind off of the fact that it's six feet of snow and two degrees outside. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you mentioned earlier, there's parts of the country that don't necessarily have to deal with that. Seems like the Midwest is football country though. Right. So I think there's that. I think look at green Bay. I know that's not the Midwest, but there's a kind of, well, I mean, if you according to the rest of America, it is, um, there's a level of, uh, exclusiveness that comes with football too, where it's like you have only 16 games and that's it. Where with baseball, it feels easy to ignore because I'll like, miss God, one. I've got 10 times the amount of games. I'll miss, I'll miss 20 and it still right. won't matter. Yeah. You miss three football games. And you miss a lot of the season. You right. feel like you don't know what the hell's going on, but I will Indians fans. I got to give you, I got to give you your due there. They are, they're playing fantastic. And we probably ignore that a little bit more than we should millennials. Yeah. I can't believe this, but I think you got it right. This time, I think you have it right. I have a list of the world's 10 biggest problems through the eyes of a millennial, and they're not exactly wrong. I'll explain more next on Rock 106.9. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. You're about an hour away from your first opportunity at a trip for two to Las Vegas for the 2017 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Your first keyword happens at 8 o'clock, and then September 22nd, 23rd, you'll be in the T-Mobile Arena for the 2017 iHeartRadio Music Awards. That'll be cool. That will be cool. Yeah. 8 o'clock, you get your first keyword. Millennials take a beating from the generation before them. And now Xennials or whatever they're called now, that'll be the next one. Yeah. And this is not new, right? No. As long as the human race has been around, the older generation has been talking about how the world's going to hell in a handbasket. And right. I know why. It's because when you're young, you're still idealistic. And you still look through the world at, through hopeful, wishful eyes. Where when you start to get older, the world has beaten you down. You've been fired four times. You defaulted on your mortgage. And so like life beats you into this mode of things aren't good. Things are bad. And your, your idealistic nature gets punished out of you, just gets beaten, whipped out of you by work and kids and divorce and all these things. And so like then when the younger generation is trying to show you all the positivity in the world and uh, like in their idealistic views, you just want to call them stupid. Yeah, I think every generation, regardless whether you're X, Y, Z, the greatest generation, millennials, whatever you are, um, in your mind, from your perspective, it always looks like Number one, we invest- they have it easier. Well, well, yeah. I mean, like the generation that our parents were, the generation that came before you, pff, they don't know anything. I invented sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and it's like, no, you, no, didn't. no, you didn't, no, you didn't. And it's always, no matter which one of those you are, the generation after you, ah, they're effing everything up. They're effing the whole thing up, and it's like, well, no, 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 they're probably not right. You know, no more than you did. So as a guy who, and I feel like I do this fairly, like when, when the millennial thing's wrong, I want to tell you, but here I think they have it right. 
And this I'm pulling from businessinsider.com. So this isn't from like the mall.com, right? Right. And I have what millennials view are the 10 biggest problems facing the world. Okay. And I, now some of this is idealistic and, or, or, and, or, you know, and that's good because you're only going to fix problems by looking broad, not, not narrow. Right. I was going to say, I mean, like that's a part, you know, recognizing an issue is a big part in finding that solution. And even though it seems large and daunting right now, 50 years ago, the concept of like gay marriage, oh my God, never would have even, never happened. 20 years ago, it would have been like, I don't know, dude, we ain't letting these homos get married. And then now it's like, all right, it's, it's, it's a, it's a social. Accepted what thing. do you mean you're not going to let them do that? What are you, an idiot? Right, right exactly. exactly. That's how the world works. Absolutely. And so as a guy who's bagged on millennials, I feel like I have to get your back here because right. I feel like what they think the 10 biggest problems facing us are, are a little in line. Do they define the age of millennials or is this just young people? 18 to 35. 18 to 35. Across okay. 186 countries. So this is okay. worldwide. All okay. right. So this is not just like America and that thing. All right. So number 10 was the lack of economic opportunity and employment. That was 12.1% of the the respondents said that's the 10th biggest problem facing the country or the world rather. I think if you would have, if this would have just been an American poll, I think that would have been number one. I do. It would have been top five. I can't believe that. I can't believe that that's number 10. That's, that's, that's what I was going to go with as number one. Number nine was safety, security, and well-being with 14.1% of the respondents saying that's the ninth biggest problem facing the world. Just that general concept. That's pretty broad. Yeah. I was going to say, does that mean me and my family personally, or does that mean like safety from terrorism? I probably a little bit of both, which is what makes it so broad there. Number eight was the lack of education at 15.9% of the respondents said the lack of education is the eighth biggest problem. Biggest problem facing the world. Now, I would think that that actually deserves to be a little higher. Um, I'd probably make that top four because education is what fixes a lot of things. I, I think a lot of people, millennials in particular, have been burned by education and have you know seen that well it's not necessarily the silver bullet that everyone makes it out to be now don't get me wrong it's i think it's better to have an education than not but i think there's plenty of people who are like dude i'm sixty thousand dollars in debt i can't find a job and i don't remember a single thing from college right what did i do all that for that's fair there are going to be that now here's where i really got where i really feel like i wanted to talk about this because i feel like the millennials are on it all right right and the number seven problem that they claim face that the world's facing is food and water security with 18.2%. Yeah. And I got to give them the millennial credit there because if I polled most adults right now, I don't think they'd say that. And by adults, you know what I mean? I know that millennials are, you know, you're over the age of 18. You're technically adult. You know what I mean? If I were to ask older people, I think they wouldn't have, even though we know Flint, who still doesn't have water, by the way, not clean water anyway, they still don't have it. I don't think most people over 40 would have listed food and water security as one of the biggest problems facing the world. I, I, I think this is once again, a, a since this is a world poll as opposed to an American poll, I feel like Americans would have a harder time wrapping their head around that just because food, for if, the most part, if we took America out of this poll, that's actually probably higher, higher because a lot of people, a lot, a lot of country have a lot of countries have less water security than we do. Uh, Americans just it's 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 that very American thing of like well, well turn the faucet on, turn there the faucet is. on, safe water. If I'm hungry, I'll go through that drive-through right there. I mean, like, it, it, you know, don't get me wrong. Obviously, that exists, and you know, I, I've said about hunger in America before. It's like, well, the calories are here. It's just the it's just how do we get those to the people that need them. 
Um, but it, it very much feels like, nah, food will always be here and we'll always be fine. No. Not necessarily the case. No, there's going to be fights in grocery stores before long. You just wait. Government accountability and transparency and corruption came in at number six as the problem facing the world uh, through the eyes of a millennial. 22.7% said that. And yeah, I, I think that. I mean, we're starting to see in, in not only this country, but other countries. I mean, dude, the rebellion of the government system is on its way. Yeah, I'm surprised that that's not higher. I really am. Yeah, I was a little bit too. Religious conflicts came in at number five at 23.9%. Okay. And again, that's how all the wars start yeah. is by my God said this, but no, but your God doesn't acknowledge that. That's where all the world's wars start. Poverty was number four. Ten biggest problems facing the world as seen by a millennial. 29.2%. I th- would have thought poverty would have been number one, number two. Um, I think that extreme cases of poverty and people we're talking about who are, are existing on less than a dollar a day has gone down. It's like it's not nearly as much as, as, as a problem as it once was where people aren't starving as much as they once were. Um, but I think when you look at it, especially in America, once again, in that general sense of poverty, in that general sense of like, I'm broke all the time, I, I, I see how people view that as a problem. Inequality, income discrimination was the number three problem facing the world as uh, seen by millennials. 30.8% of the response had said that. I think that's America's biggest problem is income inequality, if you ask me. But I mean, I, I just can't speak for the rest of the world. I, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's even our biggest problem. I, I, I think it is a problem. I, I'm not sure it's our biggest problem. Number two was large scale conflict and wars. 38.9% of millennials said that's the biggest problem facing us. And honestly, it is because it's only going to get worse. That's other countries, once again, dude. Americans probably don't view it that way. I would say if you if you ask average Americans, it would just be like, well, dude, there's no war here. I think most Americans forget that we are actively engaged in war right now. I really do. Yeah, that's probably true. I think it would... I, I think most times you're probably right. Given everything that's going on with North Korea right now, Americans may respond and say, you know what, large scale jumpy, war. Right. You know what I mean? But had that whole thing been going on, not been going on with him, you're right. I Afghanistan, think most, what? <laughs> most people have their head in the sand. The number one problem facing the world as seen but through the eyes of a millennial, and it should be obvious what it is because we haven't listed it yet, is climate change and destruction of nature. 48% of millennials worldwide view climate change as the number one problem facing us. Um, I think it's less about like, oh, the weather is hotter or whatever. There's a temperature de- degree difference. And I think you, it's more about what that what's what climate change is the catalyst for and like i remember when bernie sanders said like climate change is a big deal and people were like oh dude i'm more worried about terrorists the point of that was is that that's the kind of thing that will create terrorism is that when your country's in a drought for you know 10 years and you don't have food and you don't have water and you don't have opportunity that is going to lead to extremism that is going to lead to you know war that is going to lead to all those things you know somebody said to me yesterday you know you're pretty negative today because we were talking about i don't know like the 10 like health things that were made up to sell you products and this guy's like you know you're bagging on gluten but you don't know that i mean scientists are still split on climate change not really it's like it's like a toothpaste commercial where four out of five dentists say this like nine out of ten scientists claim claims that that climate change is real yeah, well, and nine, so they're not really split n- nine out of ten like climate scientists that's the thing is like just because you're a geologist just because like you do you know something about rocks doesn't mean right. that, you know you understand everything and now here's the thing like I know I land in the middle politically for most people you know what I mean and that's where I tend to live and I understand that climate change seems to be like a liberal like you know issue 
But, you know, or the one that they believe in, you know, a lot of the Republicans say no. But it's like, I don't understand that. I don't understand how people can look at how fragile the earth is and think to ourselves, well, man, we only put 7 billion people on this. We're probably not affecting anything. Right. I mean, I mean, dude, like, I, like, how do you tie your effing shoes if that's the way you think? Like, I don't What do you mean you don't believe climate change? <laughs> there, there, there'll be people on the flip side of that to make the argument of look at how durable the earth is. Like, look at what it's been through and look at what it can, you know, how it's responded back. But I think really what we're getting into. That's there, true of a bounty like paper towel until it rips. I think I think we're getting into what? Um, when you politicize issues and it's happened with climate change, it's happened with, um, teaching kids different way to do math, common core or whatever like that. Um, once you've politicized something in one camp, throws their flag in it and says the other side just can't be right no matter what it is no matter it doesn't matter the facts doesn't matter and i'm not saying this is exclusively left versus right i mean it's just as much right versus left where it's like as soon as you say that i don't care i'm on the other team you know evidence be damned this is exactly why see you're walking me straight to the point of why i don't think necessarily that income inequality is the biggest problem facing this country i've i now this was worldwide i'll make it about this country because this is where we live for me after, because what Fantone just said is absolutely correct. So for me, the two-party system is the biggest problem that's facing this country because we can't get things done because you just don't want the Republicans to win and the Republicans just don't want the libtards to win. It, dude, you, what you don't realize is if you don't let anybody win, then we all lose. We'll be right back with more Stansbury Show and Guns N' Roses tickets next on Rock 106. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Get hooked up with Guns N' Roses tickets. Minutes away now from uh, giving you those. 1-800-243-7625. The number you will need on those. And you'll be in the queue October 26th. Checking them out. I'm pretty excited about that. I'm also pretty excited, dude. This uh, this Saturday, dude. I'm going to see. Uh, I'm going to see the Alice Cooper show. Are you going, yeah. Alice Cooper and Deep Purple? There. Yeah. So remember, it was like a year ago. Maybe yeah. we did the the golf outing. Yeah. And uh, it was like a co-ed golf outing, and my teammate and I have become friends. She was like a woman who listened to the program, and okay. she won it, and you know we enjoyed ourselves that day. And her and her husband are both great, and so like we became like buddies. And she said to me, you know, last last week, Serene did. She's like, hey, I have an extra ticket for Alice Cooper. You want to go? And I was like, yeah, I want to go for sure. So she got really good pavilion seats for Alice Cooper. I'm pumped. Got Alice Cooper, Deep Purple, uh, Edgar Winter's going to be there, yeah. too. That is going to be a good show, dude. If that's your scene, if that's what you want to, like, dude, that's a great show. Just hours of hits. Yeah, right. it's good stuff. So I'm pretty excited about that. So Saturday night, I'll be out for that. Can't wait. I remember when I was in high school, like, I graduated in 94, right? All right. And AIDS was still, like, new. Right. I mean, it was like, it, I mean, it was like, there was still a lot of mystery around it. It was like, you know, only gay people can get it or right. only this, right? I mean, it's like there was still a lot of mystery in it. And my generation really did a good job about promoting safe sex after that. Like, yeah. let's get safe about sex. I, I think it's so strange that people thought that only gay people could get it. Like, that just seems like such a, a like, well, you what, you think there's a disease that only can affect gay people? Like, I don't know. Yeah, that know. was weird. That, I mean, that's just a weird thought. I mean, here's the thing. It wasn't your idiot cousin who thought that. Doctors thought right, it. Right, like, right, right. You know what I mean? It wasn't just your slack jaw, sling blade cousin. It was, like, legitimately people of science. And that's why, like, again, going back to climate change, people are like, well, you know, we've gone the other way. It's a, you know, and dietitians have been gone both ways on eggs a million years. It's like, yeah, dude, sometimes stuff happens. Sometimes it takes a little while 
to get all you know all the knowledge out there. But I will agree with you. That one should have been a little easier than that. <laughs> Straight people can't get that? Yeah, that seems weird. A little strange. But my generation did a pretty good job about starting to push the safe sex you know, battle up the hill there. Oh. And we did a good job of it. But now we're slipping back down. And like any other problem in the world, once you start to fix it and, and it starts to get better, people will get lazy about it and forget that, oh my God, this is a real issue. And I'm talking to you about this because the withdrawal method, the pullout method, Phantom, mm-hmm. is being used currently by twice as many men as it was just a decade earlier. They say 10% of unmarried men between the ages of 15 and 44 used this form of birth control back in 2002. The number now has jumped to 20% in 2015. Now this is their primary this is their primary form of birth control is the pull-out method because like I mean sometime within that age range I of course was like, well, dude, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to wear a condom, but so this is this is what they're primarily doing. Okay. Absolutely. About 60% of unmarried men in that age range recently said they used some sort of birth control in the past three months, which is an increase from 52% shown in the data from 2012. But the new report found that this stat isn't entirely accurate because a larger percentage of those guys consider the pullout method acceptable birth control. So like that's where they figured it out because they were like, there's no way this many people are using birth control. There's no way 60% of guys having sex are using some sort of birth control. And they figured it out. It's like, oh, well, yeah, if you're calling the pullout method birth control, which it's, of course it is not. I mean, it's better than just... Just being like, F it, here we go. You know what I'm saying? Like, at, at the end of the day... Yeah, it's better it, than flushing the goalie. Right. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it's somewhat of a form of birth control. Not a very reliable one. Not one that I would sign off of. But it's something. It's, you know... The bulk of research on contraceptive use has relied on data collected from women. The researchers wrote, and uh, they say it's potentially useful to examine men's reports of contraceptive method use because different patterns may be seen among men compared with women, and I would think so. I mean, normally the man is the one that's required to have the condom. As a matter of fact, I grew up in the era where women were kind of shunned and looked at like, dude, if a woman had condoms in her purse, she was the town whore. Um, where Instead of being responsible, that's the way the world was then. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a two-way street, but yes, in the past... That certainly was the man's responsibility. I mean, guys my age will tell you, if they went home with a woman back in the bar scene, like, and, and, and you know, while we were growing up, and a woman had condoms in her nightstand, guys will tell you, they thought twice about having sex with her. Because it was like, well, how many guys have been here? But that's just so It's backwards. ass backwards. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> she's wearing condoms. You go home with her. She's having sex. With, she had sex with other dudes. No, right. matter who you, no matter who you think you are, no matter who she is, she's had sex with other dudes. And at least if there's condoms there, it's not like she bought those specifically for you. She bought those for every penis that comes into for her, her life. Right. So like, why, dude, to that be would, safe in her life. That would make me like, all right, head in. You know, we're diving right in there, dude. But this goes back to, again, there is sexism in the world. Of course there is. And, and this goes back to where men are supposed to play around and women aren't. Those are the roles that were have been, you know, hyperly defined throughout society and I don't know why. I don't know why anybody would want to curtail the sexuality of a woman. I can't think of anything dumber than that. As I'm taking a woman home from the bar to go have sex. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this woman's had sex. Like, come on guys. Ridiculous. They say here about 80% of unmarried men and women in 2002 reported a use of some sort of birth control, and in 2015, the number was 82%. Younger men proved to be the biggest users of any form of contraception, with almost 95% of 15- to 19-year-olds in, 20, uh, in 2015. Wow. So here's some, here's some data about the pull-out method you're not going to like. And women, pay attention to this. Because if you get pregnant, guess who's really stuck? You. 
The guy can press the gas pedal and leave, which is awful, and he should never do that. And if you get a woman pregnant, you should step up, do the right thing, and like father your kid, right? Don't just send checks. Father your kid. You were man enough to get her pregnant. You should be man enough to pick up the kid from her house on Saturday morning. But here are some numbers women aren't going to like. 27 out of 100 women will get pregnant when her partner uses the pull-out method as birth control. Those are not good odds. No, not at all. And I mean, you got to think you're putting a lot of faith into a dude who's on top of you grunting and sweating and that he's going to know exactly the second to last pump. You know what I mean? And like, dude, that's 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 not good. That's not good odds at all. Let me tell you the hardest place in the world to leave. It's not the house you grew up in. It's a woman's vagina. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, dude, you cannot leave that up to men. Like, you can't. You got to use birth. Dude, as a guy, I'm still like, you know, I'm not in a relationship. So, you know, I know guys bitch about condoms. Let me tell you, it's not that bad. It's still pretty good. It's still the best place. Dude, Disneyland can say whatever they want. <laughs> That's the happiest place on earth. Buy condoms and don't put kids in the world you're not ready to raise. And if you do want to land yourself somebody to have sex with, I have what they claim are five first date non-fail tips. We'll give you those next on Rock 106. On Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. I still have those Guns N' Roses tickets, don't I? Yeah, you do. Man, I'm bad about that. I'm not even really bad about that. I'm sorry, guys. We will pass those out here shortly. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need. I promise you this time. I have a couple of uh, tips they say here for first dates. And they say uh, one of the things you can do is find her on the internet. Because couples who meet online, Fantone, 78% more likely to make it to date number two. Rather, not like a you know a full relationship, but you're more likely to, to be on date number two if you meet online. And they say it's because of the matching algorithms that they yeah. use and like those kind of questions. Now, I don't know if Tinder's going to fall into there. I know like eHarmony like really like breaks you down as a person and like finds out like really what you're looking for. Where Tinder's like, yeah, that package looks good. Swipe it. Um, I would assume that a part of it is, you know, if you are dating online, you are looking for something. You know what I mean? Where it's like somebody can talk you into going out to on a date to a bar where it's like, okay, yeah. You should go out with this girl right, from my hey, office. Sure, yeah. and you could do it. But if you're out there putting yourself on one of those sites, you're looking for it. Therefore, you're going to be more likely to take the second one. Another tip for first date, they say is stick to restaurants. Stick to dinner. They say a lot of people are talking about how you go hiking or like a museum, but they say dinner's ideal. Because it helps you get to know one another. There's not a lot going on. You're the only two people at the table. Eventually, you're going to have to speak to one another. Now, I have found this to be, I like thinking outside the box, like hiking for the first date or doing something different on a first date because you start looking at other things, you start seeing things. The next thing you know, you get outside of the, everybody knows what the top 10 questions at a first date are. Where oh, are yeah, you? Who are you from? How, what's this? You know, and this and that. Where if you start like going out and seeing, I disagree with this one. If you see other things, you start bringing other views into it, and you can really get behind that armor that people will put up on a first date. Um, I think that yeah, I, I like restaurants as a first date because it's kind of the best of both worlds. Where like, yes, you do have to converse with each other, but there's also built-in distractions and built-in things to like lighten that load. Where movies never make sense to me on a first date. Because you don't talk. Um, and there's other things where it's like, well, dude, if we're just going to go hiking and all we have is each other for two hours. It's going to murder me on this right, trail. Right, 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 right. So I feel like dinner's decent. It's it's not a terrible idea. I you know I don't think it's the worst. They say make it a sushi place if you're going to go to dinner. People who go, go to sushi restaurants are 170% more likely to get a second date. Now, they say they're, they're, 
it's because of like fatty fish, like tuna and salmon contain omega threes, which ups your circulation and okay. alertness. No, it's not. It's because, dude, you took a. It's because you took a woman to a decent restaurant. Right. Take her to a good steakhouse. She's gonna go out with you again too. At least somewhat, and you look cultured as opposed to like, yo, let's just go get a two for twenty five. That's what I'm saying. Right. That's what it all is. Is that you took her someplace decent, and not the two for twenty. That's right. exactly my point. Yeah, I agree with that. They say talk about Trump on your first date. You think that debating politics with someone you barely know would make for a disaster, yeah. but they say it actually boost your chances for a second date and here's why by 91% that is and here's uh, why they say and this I and I'm willing to bet this is true these days is that not having an opinion is unattractive that if you just seem disengaged from what the is going on in the world that that women especially look at you and go okay well this guy's an idiot he's he doesn't know what's going on um yeah, I mean, I, I I can agree to that. That not having opinions not good, but having- pretty judgmental from the from the clerk at a nail salon, by the way. <laughs> but <laughs> pretty judgmental. I, I mean, I think that yes, if you guys both like align with each other, then all of a sudden that second date's more likely. But if you guys are on opposite ends of stuff, I feel like the rest of that first date is going to be very uncomfortable. Uh, see, uh, yeah, there's potential for that. I, I I can't deny that. But you know what's been lost. In society, and I really dislike this, is that we have lost the ability to enjoy the company of people in, of who we disagree with. And I don't understand how that happened. You know what I mean? Like, you should be able to look at the world differently and still enjoy one another and still be compatible. I feel like a lot of people view things on a moral you know, level where it's like, well, if you don't agree with me, then our morals aren't aligned with each other. So why would I even view you as somebody who would be a future partner? Now, if this is just like, hey, dude that you're drinking beer with, that's one thing because it's not somebody that you're looking at as a perspective like life partner. But when it gets to something like that, I I mean, people are just polarized, too, and they enjoy the they enjoy the 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 the, the, the tribe system. So I wouldn't recommend my parents were morally compatible, but they looked at the world politically very differently, and they used it through conversation to, to, to have conversations. And they both changed each other's views on certain things. Like you only, you're never going to grow by hanging out with people who agree with you all day. You only grow by engaging in conversation with people who think differently than you do. Stop being afraid of somebody because they don't align all and check all your boxes up and down the list. You have to be willing to make room for people who disagree with you. It doesn't make them awful. And, dude, you're kind of a puss if all you do is avoid people who think differently than you do. You're a sissy. That's what you are. That's what Twitter's for is to surround yourself with people who only think like you. Your real life, you should be open. Your friends should think differently than you. Your partner should think differently than you. It's the only way you're going to become a more well-rounded person. You're never going to learn anything from people who think identically the way you do. I've ne- Dude, there's no more white flag waving, I give up mentality than that. I want somebody who's going to challenge me. I want to date somebody who is intelligent, but maybe thinks differently about certain things than I do. So I learn something. So I evolve. So I grow and become different. Surrounding myself with like-minded people with just like-minded people doesn't do me any good. It's just positive. It's just reaff- It's just reaffirming my beliefs. It's not showing me another side of it. I hate that mentality. And that is what we've done now. Oh, you think differently than me? You're 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 well. You're wrong. Well, I think there's people out there who. 
if you, if you view things in a different perspective, it's because you aren't as good as me. And I mean, like, well, that's I, wrong. Well, do I agree with that? No, but I think that that's what people buy into now. Yeah, that's awful. That's what I, that's what I just spent the last three minutes rallying against because that's awful. You should want to surround yourself with intelligent people who view the world differently than you do. But I guess that's the thing is like, well, if you were an, if I viewed you as an intelligent person, you'd probably be more in line with what I thought. Well, that's wrong, though. That's that's you not being intelligent. If that's what you think, that's you not being intelligent. To think that that's because somebody doesn't think the same thing you do means that they're stupid is wrong. And that's why we have Twitter is because that's what that's how that lives. That's I'll just keep recycling this because it just reaffirms what I think. That's why Twitter's a thing. Don't turn your life into that. That's what 20% of the population is doing online. Think differently. Accept other people. Be around. Engage in debate without foaming at the mouth. You're going to learn more. You'll be a better, stronger person on the other side of it. And we'll continue with Red Book Radio when we get back after giving you these Guns N' Roses tickets. We'll take caller 20 right now, 1-800-243-7625 on those. And we'll take a look at the Browns depth chart next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansberry Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here. It wasn't that long ago. I was driving to work every morning in a car. I was not sure I was going to make it the whole way. That is one of the worst feelings there is. If you're in that right now, let's get you out of it. My friends over at the Wakeham Auto Family are Stark County's largest pre-owned dealer. No matter what you're looking for, make, model, year, Wakeham will have it. You can start on the Wakeham Auto Mile. That's 6 Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. I want to congratulate Robin out of North Canton who won her way into the Guns N' Roses show. She'll be in the queue October 26th, and we'll pass out another set of tickets both tomorrow and Friday. Just Robin, Axel, Slash. It's going to be awesome. You know, as a guy who doesn't get pumped up about shows as much anymore, because I just, I'm a little spoiled. I've been to so many in this career. That's a show I'm pumped about. Like, I want to go to Guns N' Roses really bad. I, when they played Pittsburgh and I hit, my buddy had an extra ticket for me and I didn't go, like, I regretted that decision. So I'm very excited they're going to be in the queue and uh, I'll be able to see them. I'm pumped. Can't wait. And everything I've heard has just been. A resounding, like, roaring success. Like, you don't have to worry about Axel showing up at 11.30. You don't have to worry about Slash being so drunk that he can't play. Like, it just seems like they're out there and they're doing the job. Older you get, smarter you get. You made all the bad decisions. You you screwed up the time where you could have made a ton more money in your early 20s, early 30s while you were, you know, coke addicted and that whole thing. They've learned. Like, dude, there's a small window now. We got to make this money so we can all retire rich. It's exactly, you know what I mean? Because again, man, people think, oh, dude, they're Guns N' Roses. They have a ton of money. Dude, they might not. Dude, you have no idea how expensive it is to live as a celebrity. And the money that they waste and the money that gets stolen from them, from agents and like bookers and like kind of stuff. It's like, dude, that story, those stories are to watch, honestly, buying the music. They're all broke. They're all broke. Dude, it's like everybody, do you turn on MTV or all these videos and all these rappers and all these stuff? People say to me, you know, I know a woman whose son's trying to be a rapper. Okay. And he, you know, he was like, through her was like talking to me and was like, you know, through text messages, he was like, you know, so and so. And I was like, dude, none of that stuff's his. Like you turn on those videos. You think those houses are there? They're not. No. The record label buys that stuff or rents Rents it, it, points a camera at it. And then that dude goes home to his mother's basement. He don't have any money until your sixth album. You're broke. Just the way it is. So I, uh, but I agree. Everything I've heard says Axel's keeping it together and that is a problem. 
you know, or has been historically a problem for Guns N' Roses. Having been at a show that there was an actual problem at, I can tell you firsthand, I've seen it. But, like, this is, um, this is going to be different from what I understand, and I cannot wait to see that. Pretty excited. And I know Robin out of North Can was, too. Another thing I'm excited to see is the start of the NFL season. We'll actually kick that off tomorrow night with a great football game, by the way. It's, I believe it's Kansas City at New England, which will be a great game. And on Sunday, a not-so-great one. <laughs> as the Cleveland Browns will take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm just telling you right now, you're going to get embarrassed. You're going to get embarrassed. It's going to be bad. At some point, that game will be 28-0. I, I think I saw the spread at 8. I have it as late as uh, as 5 o'clock. No, I'm sorry. As late as 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon, I saw it at 9. You think, You're a nine-point dog at home. At home. like, And you'd think that, well, dude, a nine-point dog at home, you can make that. But, dude, it's the Browns versus the Steelers, and I do not have faith in that. Dogs t- at home, you should normally bet. Right. I mean, You I, should normally bet that. But nine, I, I'm, t- I'm sorry, I don't feel safe. Especially when it's under 10. I mean, like, because at that point, you know, I mean, but it, to, think that, to think that the Browns aren't going to be down a field goal and a touchdown, I don't know. I feel like that's, that's, I, I, that, that's, that's not a bet I want. Dude, they might put Michael Vick in the game by the second quarter. Jeez. By the second quarter. And I know I've been a Browns naysayer for a while. I'm negative, and a lot of what, what a lot of what might. But see, happiness is set by expectations. I only expect them to win four games. So if they win four, I'm fine. You win any more than that? Oh, thank God! Look, they're not that bad. It's the people like, dude. I was on Munch's afternoon show the other day on Fox Sports 1350. Guy called in and said they're going to win ten games, bro. You're going to be the miser- the most miserable Sad. football fan in the state. We, first of all, we didn't have a quarterback who competed in 10 games last year. They're going to win 10? That, that's going to be the thing? So they released the depth chart. And this was as of yesterday. I found this to be interesting. And I've been harping on this for a little while now. But David Njoku is our third option at tight end. Now, I know he's a rook, and it may take some time to get yourself, you know, up to speed with the NFL game and, like, all that. But that feels like a wasted pick. And why I'm harping on that is because, dude, the tight end position in the NFL has become so important. Look at New England. Now, I know they won a Super Bowl without what's-his-name. Gronk, who I hate. I hate Gronkowski. He's wildly annoying. But he's really talented. But that's New England. You can't look at the outlier and go, well, they did it without their tight end. You can't do that. The tight end position, both blocking and short yardage plays, have become so vital in the NFL that I thought that this was them picking up a really good player with a good pick, and I'm now worried because Randall Telfor and Steph the Valve are beating out David Njoku at tight end. Um, I think at least a part of what this is is that Tight ends often get rotated, so maybe at the beginning of the season, this is kind of like a little bit of still, hey, all three of you guys still have an opportunity to kind of establish yourself fair. as the guy. Okay. Um, but, yes, I see your concern there. I, I, I think that's a fair assessment, I mean, too. that looked on draft night as like, wow, look at the offensive production we're going to get here. Rookie year, though, too. you got to yeah. keep that in perspective. I, I, I will, I, you know, I'll, I'll try to hold firm there, but it does. It has me concerned. Your starting running back will be Isaiah Crowell. Duke Johnson is the number two there. And then Matthew Days, I believe, is this guy's name, coming in at number three. Um, 
And I, that's probably the way that should be. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, Isaiah Crowell was, you know, starting to come on, a, you know, on his own there, and uh, he's not the worst runner. Well, I mean, and the usage of Duke Johnson isn't going to be the traditional, you know, running back. I think you'll see him in the slot a lot, and I think there's a very real possibility that Duke Johnson is going to be one of the leading receivers when it comes to the Cleveland Browns. So, like... I, I, I mean, those both those guys are going to have a hell of a lot of work to do this. Catching year. out of the backfield, again, much like the tight end position, it's really important in football right now. And honestly, that's why the Cowboys are that much worried about Zeke. Because not only is he a great runner, but he's a phenomenal pass catcher. Zeke playing week one, six games after that suspended from what I saw, though. Yeah, that's weird. That is weird. That, why, that, why let him play week one? I, I, I just get it over with, right? If you're the Cowboys, don't you want it over with? Of course. I mean, yeah, just I'd get rather it have him back I was week seven as opposed to week eight. So now whatever. he's going to play, and then now right. the... It's going to plague us the weeks after. And, dude, honestly, as I wanted to talk about the Browns, you know, depth chart here, but Phantom brings up an excellent point. Like, dude, the NFL better be careful here, right? Like, so the league's being called racist because Colin Kaepernick's not on a roster, right? Now, I think that's crazy. But sooner or later, somebody's going to point the finger at the NFL and say, wait a minute, so you're going to punish young black men who haven't been guilty of anything yet? I'd want to be a little careful of that. Well, whole, I'd want to be a little careful of that. The whole thing with Ezekiel Elliott, is he guilty or not? I, because, like, the cops dropped the case, but now, like, the NFL, I like, that's one of those things where it just seems so bumbled to me. I don't know what the facts are in that story. Now, I can understand the NFL saying, look, we're not waiting until somebody gets charged. Right. 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 I got advertisers. I got fans. I got people. I got Twitter. I got all this stuff. Like, so we got to we gotta throw water on the fire. I kind of get it. But six games before you know the guy did anything? Like, do the now? I mean, he's standing shoulder to shoulder with the NFLPA. They're defending him. The woman who investigated the situation said she wouldn't have put punishment down on him. I mean, it's it the more and more I hear, it's like, dude, this woman. And I'll tell you what part of the problem is: is that in this country, we did such a bad job of ignoring sexual assault and domestic violence victims that now what I always worry about with things like this where we try to overcorrect our mistake in one foil swoop and dude if Zeke didn't do anything wrong here and she is setting him up dude there's a huge lawsuit on on his hands towards the NFL yes I would have to I would have to agree I mean if in, in, in the more I read stuff I mean the more I read the more I believe him I guess she was uh she was banging one of his teammates from last year and it happened in Cleveland like it happened when the Cowboys were in Cleveland she got railed out by one of his teammates and then started sending him messages yeah, like I Yo, I'm, 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 I'm getting stuffed out by your teammates and like, like that sounds to me like a woman who will go to great lengths to ruin your life right and dude guys and women too you've dated somebody crazy. So, dude, sometimes people are just crazy. They're out there. I want to side with the victim as often as I can. But we don't, I mean, dude, everything I'm reading, it's starting to look like Zeke's innocent. You got to side with the facts. You know what I mean? Like, that's really what it boils down to. Absolutely. So, the quarterback position here in Cleveland Deshaun Kaiser's been named your starter. Cody Kessler comes in second. Kevin Hogan, now number three there. Um, I, I know a lot of people were thinking after that last preseason game that Hogan was going to lock up the number two spot, but it turns out no. Kevin Hogan still listed number three there. I, I guess I don't really have an issue with that. Yeah, I mean, outside of the thought of Deshaun Kaiser not starting, I mean, what issue do I have with that? I mean, Cody Kessler's not good enough to be your starter. Kevin Hogan's not good enough to be your starter. I mean, no, they're not. Back on draft night, people were a little head-scratchy about 
what do you mean we drafted Jabril Peppers? He doesn't even play a position. Like, well, where are we going to put him? What, is he going to be a special teams guy? And it turns out he will be a special teams guy. He will be both your kick and your punt returner. First option there. But he's also going to be your starting safety. They found a place to put him in the defense. And I think that what he had that one hit in that one preseason game and yeah. people lost their minds. And that probably moved him up that depth chart probably a little bit and was like, ah, he's a name. People know him. Right. And he's making hits here in the preseason. We're the Browns. We're young. We got a lot, you know, we got a lot of holes to fill. You might as well put him in there, right? So I don't necessarily hate that. And I'm not one of these guys. I'm an Ohio State fan, but I'm not one of these guys that's like, well, he's from Michigan, so he's got to suck. Like, I will never understand that. It's the pro game now. Like, you got to root for him now. Like, even Braylon Edwards, when he was here, I was like, well, dude, I mean, yeah, Michigan, whatever. But, it, dude, if it leads to touchdowns for me, I don't care. Front of the jersey, not back of the jersey. Absolutely. Hey. I will never understand why people look at that differently. I have here uh, an interesting story. And if you're a parent who worries about leaving your kids with babysitters, you should. And I'll tell you why next on Rock 106.9. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. I love talking about the Browns because what happens when I do it is that all the very so rational people come out of the woodwork to respond on Twitter. Like, guys, I'll remind you, I don't set the point spread. Like, people are like, nine point, you're an idiot. No, dude, Vegas set the spread. I'm just the guy telling you, I don't know if nine feels comfortable. I don't set the spread. That's Vegas telling you that the Cleveland Browns, even at the comfort of their own house, aren't very good. Dude, getting 10 points at home, I think Man. it, honestly, I think it might be the largest point spread differential this entire weekend in the NFL. I mean, you have to keep in perspective, NFL games are very rarely blowouts. I feel like vast majority of the time, it's under a touchdown differential and point when it's all said and done. So to get 10 points, dude, and Vegas usually gets stuff right. I mean, that's what closer they're, than not. They're they in the blew, business of it. They blew the Seattle Denver Super Bowl when like Peyton Manning got like smoked. Like they blew that Super Bowl. But like that was like one of the rare. But I can point to the time. Right. I was gonna say. I mean, mistakes are going to happen. You Welcome know, to life. anomalies are going to happen. But I mean, they're pretty accurate when it comes to spreads. And I don't know, dude. Okay. I, I don't know how you think that the Browns aren't gonna lose by a touchdown plus. Kansas City's getting nine tomorrow night, but they're on the road at at Gillette facing the Patriots. Right. The the Super Bowl champions. Right. I understand why that's a, that's a big spread. I'm looking for other. Okay, so Washington is a home dog. Right. It's one point against Philly. And actually, I like Washington getting points at home, to be honest with you. Tampa Bay, or I'm sorry, Miami's getting two and a half at home against Tampa Bay. Okay, look at this. Buffalo, a team that is all over the news as being accused as tanking. Right. Now, they're playing a team that's not any good, too. The Jets. They're both kind of known as tanking. Yeah. Okay. Two bad teams right there. Buffalo's giving nine and a half. Giving nine and a half at home. San Francisco's getting five and a half points against Carolina. And I got to tell you, I'm just willing to bet that new coaching staff will have that team better than people think they're going to be. Do they beat Carolina? Probably not. But five and a half, you almost got me willing to bet that. Chicago's getting seven at home against Atlanta, a team that was in the Super Bowl last year. We're getting nine points at home. Far and away the biggest home dog in the league. Week one. I'm not doing this. Looking, evaluating rosters, the betting line, Vegas, 
NFL insiders are the one doing this. I always get blamed for reporting the bad news. You just, you gotta, you just gotta, why are you killing the messenger? I'm just the messenger. I think Pittsburgh wins easy. Somebody told me I'm screenshotting that just in case. Screenshot it, write it, take a picture. I don't care, whatever that guy said on Friday. Write it down. Pittsburgh, two-score win. Sunday. (laughs) Just, I mean, right? I like how, and you know, this is us as members of the media. um, We'll get this, like, albatross of like, why are you guys so negative about the Browns? Why can't you give them the benefit of the doubt? Well, like, I I did for a decade. Like, really? And I understand. I can't blame Hugh Jackson on Tim Tim Couch on Hugh Jackson. But nonetheless, like, how many times do you have to be burned before you stop giving people the benefit of the doubt? I think they will look improved over last year. How could you not? Right. Exactly my point. How could you not? How hard is it to look improved from 1 in 15? Now, I said, let's go back to the last preseason game, the day after, when they won it. They went undefeated in the preseason. I said, look, it's preseason. You can't go overboard, but I'll take worst-case scenario. I believe 4-0 in the preseason equates to 1-3 regular NFL games, right? I feel like that's not crazy to assume that that could happen. Right. If the Browns start 1-3 this year, it's already a better season than it was last year. True. They're young. They're not very well talented yet because they don't they haven't played together a bunch yet, and it's going to be a problem. And they're also being led from under center by Deshaun Kaiser, who was listed by every NFL insider, not that they have to be right or that they can never be wrong, as the bottom of what the NFL draft had to offer quarterback-wise this year, and it was considered to be the worst quarterback draft in like 10 years. It, dude, the, 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 everybody said the same thing about the kid. The upside's there, but... At base model, he doesn't have it yet. Two weeks into the preseason, your head coach was coming out saying, yeah, dude, he's a far away away, and now he's going to start. And I was the one telling you then, when Hugh was telling you, oh, no, 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 we're going to sit him, we're going to do this, I kept telling you that, don't fall for it. They are going to start this kid because they have to. They don't have another option. If they had another option, even remotely close at quarterback, dude, dude, in in a good organization... You would already have like a veteran quarterback, and the rookie you draft would never see the field. Aaron Rodgers, Carson Ballmer. I mean, the list goes on of guys who had to sit. Tom Brady. The list goes on. Guys who sat end up being studs. Brett Favre. They end up because, welcome to the NFL. It's just the way it is. I'm telling you, they're going to look, it's going to be rough for about six weeks until they start to get together. I, I, and, and dude, by then, you could lose the will of the locker room. Yeah, I was going to say. And you got to worry about that. I mean, honestly, and I think the season doesn't get any easier. I mean, like, as you, as you, as you start the season off and then you continue to face, I mean, it's obviously the AFC North's tough place to play, but like, I don't know, dude. I mean, is it? I mean, Baltimore's not what they used to be. The Bengals are just the Bengals. I mean, enough that they lost every single game against divisional opponents last year. I mean, tough enough, right? Yeah, if we were even serviceable, we'd win games in our division. Pittsburgh's the only like far and away like good team in our division. When was the last time that like winning divisional games was like a real thing? I mean, a decade plus, right? Maybe 07? 
Yeah. A decade plus of just being, not even like being Super Bowl contenders. A laughing stock. But, but a decade plus of just trying to like win a couple of divisional games, dude. Why don't you give them the benefit of the doubt? Why don't you give them the benefit of the doubt? It's the media's fault. You guys always sit around talking crap about the Browns. Oh, dude, this, so the media causes drop passes? The media causes quarterback busts at, at, at draft picks? We did that? The hell I did. And let me tell you, dude, if I'm responsible for the Browns, hey, I don't make enough money. That's true. <laughs> like, dude, let me just say, if I have that much power, I'm not making anywhere near it. I can't even afford to go to the goddamn game. But <laughs> but I'm taking the I'm taking them down. Local media is supposed to, you know, you know, rally the troops no. and, and circle the wagons. No. And they, dude, you guys are supposed to prop them up. No. The media's job is to be relentlessly like like looking for the angle. Dude, the media's not supposed to be your friend. They're not supposed to handhold for you. They're supposed to expose harsh truths. I know we don't like that anymore. A guy says to me, I'm calling in on Victory Monday. You won't have to, Dustin. I'll send the remote truck to where you were. I'll send the Rock 106.9 Urban Assault Vehicle right to the front steps of your work. Victory Monday. Um, before we get off the Browns, I do think it's interesting to note that in that depth chart, um, Danny Shelton does not look like he's going to be playing game one, which I view as a pretty big disappointment. I thought he'd be able to, uh, thought he'd be able to at least lace up the cleats. And, uh, I feel like being next to Miles Garrett should make Danny Shelton an absolute stud this year. But if he's not able to get out on the field, that's a bit of a concern. You know what? That was an oversight by me. You're right. I didn't see, I, I, when looking at that, uh, the roster, I, I did not see that. It's all right. There's, there's an extreme lack of talent on that team, so I understand why, like, oh, well, one more thing that goes wrong. Yeah, it's easy to overlook. Dude, when you hear this, the Pittsburgh Steelers are one Miles Garrett snap away from a dumpster fire. I'm assuming he means, like, if Miles Garrett gets the best of Big Ben. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Then they'll, then all they'll have at quarterback is the second best athlete to ever play in the NFL, known as Michael Vick. And then all they'll be left with after that is the best wide receiver in the game in Antonio Brown. And then after that, all they'll be left with is a top five running back known as Le'Veon Bell and a defense that smothers opponents. Now, they can be up and down with Tomlin. I'll I'll give you, he's emotional. They can do all that. But to say that the Pittsburgh roster is, is akin to the Browns roster is denial on a level I've never seen. That, my friends, is crazy. A McKinley grad is getting to do something that all Ohioans, if they were to be honest, would wish that they could do. And I'll tell you what it is next on Rock 106. Dan Stansbury, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruitcakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here for the Wacom Auto Family. It was about four months ago I bought a pre-owned car from Wacom, and I did it because they were able to find me exactly what I wanted and well within my price range. And they can do it for you as well. And if you're a parent thinking about sending your college student back to campus without a car, don't. Right now, Wacom has a huge selection of pre-owned cars on sale. And a bunch of stuff for under $10,000. Back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. You can join me this Sunday as I'll be watching the Browns game at TD's Tailgate Grill. I'll be at the Lake Cable Jackson location. 43 TVs, I believe it is. There's TVs everywhere. You're never going to miss a second of the action. Coors Light will be on hand with me as well. And they're going to put pints on special Fantone. Two bucks. Keep the glass there. Pretty good deal. You can join me Sunday as we watch the Browns. And a lot of people telling me the Browns are going to beat Pittsburgh. Well, dude, it's a, it's a game you're going to want to be at. You're going to want to be around people drinking Coors Light. Eating delicious TDs food. 
you'll be able to see me there stuffing my face full of fish tacos. Dude, the fish tacos at TD's are really good. Really good. So I'll probably have the fish tacos there, some Coors Light, watch a little NFL action at TD's Tailgate Grill. That will be their late cable Jackson location this Sunday. Now I do have to uh I do have to make some some corrections to some things that have been previously said on, on this program not that long ago. I apologize. I forgot that Michael Vick has moved over to the Kansas City Chiefs coaching staff and like that kind of thing and is no longer the backup to Ben Roethlisberger. I forgot about that. So it will be Landry Jones that will beat the crap out of the Browns if Miles Garrett should happen to get to Big Ben. I um I was a little confused. I, I was like, well, I don't know. Maybe he's right. Maybe he's wrong. I didn't know. No, I forgot about I forgot about Vic moving on. Um, I forgot about that. I mean, yes. I mean, every team is one injury away, but if that's what you're counting on, if that's your thing, it's like, well, dude, you know, we're going to hurt the other player. <laughs> like, I guess good luck on that. I think, I don't know why people think I'm so negative. I think four wins, as I'm predicting it will be, which by the way, Vegas has the over and under at four and a half, and it's so they'll make money because they think it's four. And I think it's four. I think you're being optimistic. I think it's under four. I would say three. I don't know how an improvement from last year is me being negative. What am I supposed to list them as? Off of a 1-15 season. It's harder to peg from terrible to moderate. It's easier to peg great. Like, I can look at the New England Patriots schedule and be like, all right, well, yeah, they'll win this, they'll win this, they'll win this. Be off maybe a game or two. Pegging down awful is harder. Now, I do think that um, the NFL is, of the big three sports leagues, I think that is the one where it is easiest to turn a franchise around. And I'm not saying going from 1-15 to the Super Bowl. I'm just saying it's the easiest to go from bad to decent, decent to good, good to great. I feel like it's easy just because you have so many guys. There's so much overturn or you know turnover in the NFL. There's so much you know there's so many moving pieces and parts where you can get better in one year you can get better in one I season. would say NBA just because if you get one player one player can impact the game much more than you can in the NFL but I will agree that it seems as if teams turn around faster in the NFL than they do in the NBA. So I must be wrong about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I just think, like I said, I think it's it, it really is based on just the numbers alone where you have a 54-man roster versus a 15-man roster. It's just easier to get better or the flip side of that, to get worse, to go from one year a playoff you know, 12-4 and four winner, all of a sudden you're like, God, dude, we only won five games that next season. I just, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's the franchise, it's the, the league where it's easiest to do that, but I just don't know that the Cleveland Browns have done that. Here are some markings for successful season for the Cleveland Browns this year, if you were to ask me my opinion. These are top of my head to put no thought into this previously, but as I'm thinking about it right now, I'll say this. You win four games, you keep Deshaun Kaiser under center all year, and I'm yes. saying barring injury or like it's, what I'm saying is he doesn't get hurt and you don't have to yank him because how terrible he is. Yeah, I mean injury is a part of that equation. It has to be. Yeah, you win four games and you keep him upright all year and he remains the starter all year and you produce a thousand yard rusher and Isaiah Crowell. Though that's a successful season right there. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, there c- it is. Considering where they were, too, if that were the case, yeah, that feels at least like building blocks have been put into place. That's where you have to you have to you have to responsibly look at it. You can't be fan uh, you can't fan out over it. You, you can't be pie in the sky. You got to look at the reality of the situation and think, dude, a thousand yard rusher is a big deal. Keeping a team that went through six quarterbacks last year, keeping the same one all 16 games, which, by the way, no other team in the league is even thinking about it like that. We're the only team in the—maybe the Jets, right? And so maybe Buffalo. All right, so there's three, okay? 
But if you keep the same quarterback all year, you get a 1,000-yard rusher in Isaiah Crowell, and you win four games... Hugh, you did a good job. It's an incredibly low bar, but it is what it is. Like That's the truth of it, and we talked about it earlier this morning. Um, so we've got the Cleveland Browns maybe winning four games, while the Indians are on a 13-game tear. Nobody cares. The Cavaliers going to be a, a, a contender for the NBA title, and the Ohio State Buckeyes, hands down, going to contend for the national championship. And it's like, no, might win it. talk about the Browns. Might win the national title, the Buckeyes might. I know they had one bad half, and people are like, "Yeah, they're overrated." It's like, guys, settle down. They, they, dude, the Buckeyes are probably going to be pretty good. Three championship caliber contending teams, and nonetheless, here we are, Cleveland Browns. But I'm negative because because the worst team in the NFL is not going to win five games. I love that. Actually, the Buckeyes are what we're about to talk about. Before we do, but I'll remind you, you can join me this Sunday. I'll be at TD's Tailgate Grill, Lake Cable Jackson location, watching the Browns game. So. I don't know what a sousaphone is. Yeah, you do. I do. It's like a big tuba. It's the one that they wear around them. It's like the the big the big, you know. The okay, I'm here. aware that that was oh. a thing. I didn't know that that's what it was called. So my first statement stands. I didn't know what a sousaphone was. Okay, right? Well, it, that's know. what it is. It's a tuba that you can wear essentially. When I was in high school, band geeks were just who you pushed over on, on your way to English class. Nobody paid attention. You were like, "Get out of my way, loser." But a McKinley High grad. Is now a sousaphone player for the Ohio State University Marching Band. And he is going to dot the I in Ohio Saturday during the band's pregame performance as the Buckeyes will then host the Oklahoma Sooners. For those of you that don't know, the Ohio State Marching Band is considered to be one of the top marching bands in collegiate sports. Like, it's a thing like it, like I know I was just talking about pushing band geeks down, but tr- I mean, dude, like on the Ohio State campus, they're considered to be like right behind the football players. They're like gods for some reason. I, for the life of me, can't figure it out. But we do have a cool band that kind of does scripts on the field, and like other teams have started to jock that from us and kind of taken that from us. But Timothy Hogue Jr., a McKinley grad, is going to be uh, the person dotting the I. During the pregame, during the Oklahoma Sooners game, which, by the way, I mean, that's a huge honor to get, to be able to dot the I. It's like the thing. And it's before we play Oklahoma, like a, like a, like a legitimate football team. Like, this is a big moment. For this kid to get, oh, it's a huge moment, man! I mean, I hate that's o- pretty awesome. I hate Ohio State, but if you, as as a sousaphone player, I mean, as a band dork, what what greater honor could there be? Like, that's a huge deal. Um, not as good news coming from McKinley in Ohio State here. Wide receiver Eric Glover Williams, former McKinley standout, is no longer on the Ohio State Buckeyes football team. What happened there? I'm not a hundred percent sure, and I don't think they've really released what happened. Um, but not on the depth chart, and according to the team, has been released. Ooh, so I don't oh, know. Something's wrong. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know what happened there. And I, dude, I mean, you know, as as a, as a McKinley fan, I hope. Williams finds a home, but I, you know, it's just, I saw that yesterday and I was like, oop, that's no good. Yeah, that sounds like behavioral honest, issues, right? I mean, what else could it be? It sounds like domestic issues to me. Normally when it's weed, they can't wait to tell you how, how you know, the football player can't stop smoking weed. Like right. normally the media can't wait to tell you that. 
You know, Larry's tweeting in and telling me, you know, Stan's right. I think you might be right about the Browns. People forget that last year's one win was because San Diego missed the field goal. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot about that, Larry. You're right. I had forgot about that. Dude, we should have gone 0-16. Well, speaking of 0-16, it's well worth noting. 0-20, by the way, since they lost all four preseason games last year. The Detroit Lions, when they went 0-16, had a perfect preseason. They went 4-0 in the preseason and 0-16 in the regular yeah. season. So don't. Well, dude, they won four. It's guaranteed it's going to turn into at least four victories. Not really. Was what was Stafford there for that? No, that was before. That him. was before Stafford, right? Yeah. John Kitna or somebody crappy like that. Oh. oh. A guy who would still make our roster. Nice. Nice. I like it. You got kids in high school, start pagging, start padding their pockets with more money. They're gonna need it at the front door of the high school. I'll explain next on Rock 1069. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 1069. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. Missed anything from today or uh, any previous show, you can podcast it at WRQK.com. Rexer tweeting in and saying, uh, Fantone, that the Bengals are better than both the Steelers and the Ravens. Brown should win six. He says they'll win nine and be the surprise Jeez. of the league. I disagree with you, Rexer. I believe, and you can write this down, screenshot it, whatever you want to do. Steelers win the division. It's all right. 17 weeks from now, we'll know. They'll and that's right. will all be behind That's us. right. Six games, dude. If they win six games, I, dude, I'll do backflips in here. I'll be ecstatic over that because that's a huge, that's a huge upgrade from one in fifteen last year. If you have a teenager and you're sending them off to high school, put more money in their pocket. I know you're probably sitting there thinking, Stansbury, dude, all I do is take money out of the ATM machine and give it to my idiot kids. That's all I do. Yeah, dude. I was at I was at the Stark County Fair over the weekend, and I thought to myself, like, God, dude, if you had teenage boys and you were trying to feed them at the Stark County Fair, dude, you'd be a hundred bucks out minimum. Like minimum. Just having two teenage boys, dude. It just I, it blew my mind. It cost me $48 to feed myself on food trucks on first Friday. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Take two teenage kids and like, good luck. And I'm excited to find this story out because I didn't realize I had my own school, but Stansbury high school. There you go. Little Stansbury. You right there. Stan- dude. I like it a lot. Stansbury high school in, like in Salt Lake city, Utah, a place I love. I, Utah would be on my list of places I would want to live. Well. Uh, dude, there's a, they, they have a high school there called Stansbury high school. And, dude, you could move in and automatically be the man, dude. I, Dude, I think that's not a bad idea. Retirement plan. I like it. Yeah, I like I it I love it. Oh, dude, I would love to retire in Utah. That Stansbury would be fantastic. High. Stansbury High. I like it. But what Stansbury High School is doing in Salt Lake City, Utah, is implementing a fine system. They're sick of kids being late to school and being tardy, and it's become a hassle for them. They want their students in classes. And that's what they should want. So what they're going to do, Fantone, and they sent out a letter to to the parents so nobody's going to be upended and surprised or whatever. But what the school district has done is said, if your student is late once, they get a fine or they they get a warning. If you are late a second time, you were to pay a $3 fine. And after that, the fine goes up to $5. Now, here's the important part. Only administrators not teachers are going to issue the fines and the tickets. And the reason being is, is because your kid probably has a teacher who does have it out for him, vice versa, and they don't want personal vendettas coming into it. Okay. 
Now, well, I mean, could you have an administrator in the same way if we're living in the world of like, I'm well, it's not my kid's fault, it's I, the teacher's fault. I'm willing to bet they probably have an administrator who probably does not deal day-to-day with the student body, and they're okay. probably going to do it that way, right? And I guess really what this boils down to is, well, you're either late or you won't. There is no like gray area. There's no area of like, well, interpretation. No, the bell rang and you're not right, here. If you're not there, right. Okay. Right. So, that, I mean, there's a reason why they take attendance and everything else like that. And so, sure enough, I go to social media to define this story, and the world's upset. This is awful. How could you do this? What do you mean? It's their job, partially. See, school, in my estimation, is not just about teaching me arithmetic. It's not just about teaching me how to dissect a sentence. But it should also, and it doesn't do enough of this, in my opinion, it should prepare you for life. And responsibility is, is a requirement of life. Being somewhere on time is a responsibility. I agree with you that you know life lessons are a part of education, um, but I think a lot of people are going to say that, you know, maybe not in this case, but in plenty of other cases, like you have no right to teach that to my kid. You have no, you know, that's that's a lesson that's supposed to be learned at home. And what I would say is, you're right, but it's not, and it's gotten so bad that we came up with this idea. So if you were able to clean up your own side of the street, we wouldn't be here. But you can't do that because parents are falling down on the damn job. At least they are in Salt Lake City, Utah. Now, money's where it gets tricky because there are going, like, my family could have afforded to pay a fine for me. All right. But maybe my neighbor can't. Well, and how many times? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, uh, right. well, I think that's what their thing is, though, is that my parents would have paid a $3 fine, would have paid a $5 fine or whatever. But then once I got, like, my fifth one, I think my dad would have been like, dude, what are you doing? Like, if I got to get up in the morning and take your fat, lazy ass to school, that's what will happen, which is actually a direct quote from my father when I was in the 10th grade. You know what I mean? D- Daniel, if I got to drag your fat, lazy ass to, to Ch- RB Chamberlain High, that's what's going to happen. And sure enough, the next day, I was up and I was in the shower. I was ready to go. Didn't want my dad taking me. Right? So there is holding people accountable for the things they do wrong is okay. Now, financially is where you lose me when you're talking about high school kids. So what if we turned it into, okay, well, now you're going to work in the lunchroom because you were late, or you're going to do this because you were late. Yeah, I mean, punishments are one thing, and I, I mean, I, I, detentions and, you know, whatever, after school or whatever, whatever you want to do there. Um, I just feel like, you know, students who are going to be habitually late have probably learned those lessons from their parents who probably are habitually late people and people who aren't necessarily, you know, what do I want to say? The most employable people on the face of the planet, you know, and if you're habitually late to your job, you're going to get fired. And there's just going to be a point where it's like, yeah, dude, I want to be at school on time. I do. But my mom's not, you know, there's nobody there like teaching me to be on time. And where am I supposed to get money from as a high schooler? Where am I supposed to get five dollars? Yeah, that's why I think you put them to work. That's why I think you, you know, you put them to work, you're mopping gym floors, you're doing things like that, and it teaches you the responsibility of where to be. And I know what a lot of high school kids are going to tell me. Well, you know, sometimes my mom's late getting ready for work and she drops me off. All right, well, the bus is there on time always. So get on the bus. And guess what? If the bus is late because something happened to the bus, you're all going to be excused. Any excuse you want to try to fly in the face of this can be easily explained away. And why it won't be is because people don't want to admit that your kids are late because either A, you're not getting them up on time, or B, because there's not enough repercussions in the home over it. Do you feel like that students are going to be self-aware enough to be like, well, my mom's habitually late and she's not a very good mom. I've been going to get myself up and get on the bus. That just seems like a lot to ask out of a 16-year-old to me. Well, why they might not care is because 
the parents are the one that's going to pay. They're not going to pay. So right. what do you get? So right. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's why I think you put them to work. I think that's why you actually, you do something that, I remember my dad saying about Saturday detention. I'll never forget this. Dead a winner. I got in trouble. And it was Saturday detention. My dad woke me up. He had to drive me, right? And I remember the whole way there, from Aurora Shores to Twinsburg, all he did was bitch about the fact that he had to get, he's like, I don't understand this. It's like, I graduated high school 10, 30 years ago. You're fat and lazy and, uh, you know, just mouthy in class. You get in trouble and I got to go somewhere Saturday morning. I don't understand. Why are they punishing me? I didn't do anything. And at the end of the day, this is kind of the same way. Had they made me do things in the school, be seen by my peers doing things? Like, I'm against making a kid work in the lunch line because his family doesn't have enough money to pay for his lunch. Like, I'm against that, like, shaming for that. If it's something that you are directly responsible for, which is being somewhere on time, I'm perfectly okay with shaming a teenager into getting it done right. Because guess what? The world's tough. And if I habitually showed up late here at work, guess what's going to happen? Somebody else is going to be doing this program. So at the end of the day, dude, like we need to be preparing these kids for the world in which they live. This is why I'm always telling people, dude, quit telling your kid how special he is. Because he's not. I'll, dude, I'll remind you again. Another thing my dad used to scream to me all the time. Daniel, you are special to me. You are special to your mother. No Nobody else in the world is ever going to view you as special. Learn that lesson now. That was preached to me day in and day out. And again, what do I always say? I ended up exactly where I want to be. Harsh truths are a necessity for all people. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. Dan Stansbury, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stan's right here for the Wakeham Auto Family. When it was time for me to buy a new car, I chose Wakeham because they were Stark County's largest pre-owned dealership. And that's what I was looking for, a pre-owned car. And I knew since they were the largest pre-owned dealership in Stark County, they'd be able to find me exactly what I was looking for and well within my price range. And sure enough, they did. Wakeham.com right now. 6 9 Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. Win your way out to Las Vegas for the 2017 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Teresa will have your next opportunity. She, she hooked up with your next keyword at 11 o'clock this morning on Rock 106.9. Before the break, we were talking about this school in Salt Lake City, Utah, Stansbury High School, that is going to start finding tardy students for both, both being uh, tardy for the beginning of the day and tardy between classes. Is what uh, Another thing they're worried about is kids lingering in the hallways, not getting to the next class on time. And that is totally on you. If you're already in the building, but you can't get from English to history on time, that's on you. Yeah, it is. That's on you, right? So Alyssa writes in and she says, while I agree with the school disciplining late children, I find it comical, Sansbury, that you think parents complaining about late fees won't complain about their children having to do work around the school. She says that if I was charged for being late, guess who would have paid for it? Me, not my parents. She said, times have changed, Stansberry. You can't discipline anyone anymore, which is why the world is falling apart. Alyssa, I agree with a lot of your sentiment there. I think most students would probably get the money from their parents. Right. I, I think that's probably true. If you had money and you were working in high school and you were going to be responsible for all that, honestly, I commend you. But I think most high school students, their story is most of the money they get for anything that they're going to do, recreational or in trouble or whatever they need it for, car insurance it comes from their mom and dad it just does um and spoiler alert elisa world's been going to hell in a handbasket for quite a while now i don't know if i exclusively put that on high schoolers today probably high schoolers last generation too yeah it's been going it's been going bad for a while you know what happened it it was awesome the world was awesome okay 
I'll tell you what happened. What happened? We put people on it. Ah, son of a bitch. We are the most evil and destructive force the world has ever seen. <laughs> it, dude, it's us. That's what's awful. It's the human being. We're all awful. <laughs> I'm the one who's always trying to tell you that. So we do have some news here surrounding the NFL, which I found interesting, and I have a better solution. SportsCenter now is telling me, via their Twitter account, that the NFL has officially decided to postpone the Tampa Bay Bucks miami Dolphins game because of Hurricane Irma. They're worried about oh, landfall. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Right. I mean, no, we're going out there to go play in a hurricane. Yeah, of course. So let me offer up another suggestion that will not happen because they've already made the call. Why not neutral site? Why not Tom Benson Stadium, Canton, Ohio, where the Pro Football Hall of Fame is, and get the game in on time? Because now, I believe it's one of the two teams is going to end up playing like 12 weeks straight without the bye week now, because they're adding the game in. Oh, that's how they're the, making it up is yeah, through the bye week. Yeah, that, that's how they're going to make it up there, okay. apparently. So, dude, why not move it? Neutral site. No hurricane trouble here. You get a little bit more exposure on the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which obviously you want. Yeah, it'd be awesome if that was the plan. If that was like that, the- should be the plan. Like, this is my thing. Anytime there's a up for debate, like, does this game need to be moved and it's an NFL game? That's where it goes. I guess maybe. And now, of course, NFL teams and athletes have the capabilities to take care of it. The logistics of it, getting everyone there, getting the getting the television crews in place and stuff like that, because they're going to have to televise the game. Still, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I guess that would part be a part of the problem with it. I feel like we could get around that. Well, that they right. televise the home the Hall of Fame game. Uh, what do we not have TV cameras? I mean, I right. guess, but it's like I mean, there's a state of the art broadcast center. But there. you've got to get ESPN there. You've got to get the stadium ready for a professional game as opposed to a McKinley game. You've also got to make sure that security's taken care of. Staffing's going to be the hard part, right? All those different things that go into it. Staffing you, will be tough. You just can't say like, "All right, hey, six days out, you guys have to be ready for a Hall of Fame or for a, for a pro football game at the Hall of Fame." You know, it just seems like the perfect fix. For when games need to be moved. Remember, it was like last year they were worried about having to move the one Carolina game because of some of the protesting that was happening in, in Charlotte. And like, I, like I thought about it then. I'm like, isn't Canton, Ohio, the best fit, birthplace of the NFL, Pro Football Hall of Fame? It's where every guy that plays on that field would want to be in the end. You get him a little closer to it. You you draw some more exposure to it, and it probably helps. I would imagine. It probably helps travelers go, oh, yeah, you know what? Let's go there. That oh, place yeah. looks cool. Let's go there. I mean, any advertisement, any advertisement's good advertisement, so it, it would make sense in that, you know. I mean, that- dude, now I'm hearing, and I believe this, that you know, my buddy Dustin tell me that both these teams now end up playing 16 games straight. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you're eliminating, you're putting your yeah. bye week in week one. What, yeah, else, you, you, what else are you doing? Right, you, ha- you kind of have to do that. Right. I, I think, dude, I mean, it's probably late to make the decision. I think if I'm Roger Goodell, I, I propose this idea that I heard from the Stansbury show and be like, yeah, dude, of course I listen to him. He's awesome. And then you, you do this and the world claps. Now, of course, NFL players would say, no, it's a very big deal. But is playing 16 weeks in a row really that different than playing 12 weeks, one off, and then four more weeks? I want to say no, but I've never had a 300-pound linebacker smash me into the ground. Do you know what I mean? I want to be like, well, you're a pro. Suck it up. Millions of dollars. You know what I mean? But, like, that's what people say about us. You know what I mean? And we don't make money. You know what I mean? So, like, I I don't think so, Fantone. But, again, I'm not Tom Brady. So, like, I have no idea what it's like when James Harrison's teeing off on my head. Like, I just don't, don't know what that's like. But to me, and Jay says this, and I think he's right. Jay, you know, tweeting and saying, look, man, it's the NFL. They obviously have the resources and the power to get a game together in four days. And I'm with you. I'm with you. Now, you can make the argument maybe ticket sales aren't going to be great. 
right. what you don't want on TV is an empty stadium. Right. Well, then stop pointing the stop pointing the cameras at progress at, at First Energy. Then stop pointing them there because by the end of the third quarter, what are you going to have? You're going to have an empty stadium. So that can't be the argument either. I think the NFL should get together and decide that any time a game needs to be moved, since it's not all that often, I can't even remember the last time we actually did it, I, I don't think it happens all that often, that we pick a very neutral location known as Canton, Ohio, and you put it in the Pro Football Hall of Fame right there at Tom Benson Stadium. What happens when Cleveland has to get a game moved and it's no longer a neutral field? I think you can make the argument that Canton's Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it yeah. is. Like, and I think that's... That yeah, when you go on vacation where you tell people where you're from. That's at least part of and, the issue there. All right. Well, and, But I guess, really, I guess what we could say I mean, there... The Browns could play in my backyard. If there's any team that needs a, a little bit of like, hey, dude, we'll help you out. Don't worry. We'll give you we'll give you Canton. It's Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I can make the argument. I mean, dude, natural disaster-wise, I'm not sure the Browns will ever have to evacuate. I mean, losing 15 games straight is not actually a natural disaster. Can't avoid that. We'll close out the program, and we'll do it next on Rock 106.9. Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for WRQK.com. Teresa will have your next opportunity for a trip out to Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. That's 1 o'clock she'll give you. I'm sorry, that's 11 o'clock she'll give you the next keyword. She'll also do it at 1, but your next one happens at 11. Another opportunity for you to grab Guns N' Roses tickets happens tomorrow morning on this program, as we'll have them again tomorrow and Friday. Chris tweeting in and says, Sansbury, look, I have no idea if the Browns are going to win six games or not, but you're talking about doing backflips, and there's no better reason for them to win six games than so all of us can, can, all of us can laugh at watching you attempt a backflip. I hate to give it to Chris, but he's right. That is true. It would, I mean, it would be hard enough to do off of a diving board, let alone standing still. It'd be hard enough to do a somersault for you, bro. I don't think a backflip is happening. No, I think they got it. I don't. I don't. I don't know why you feel like you need to do that. I don't. I don't know why that is. But yeah, I guess I was talking out of my uh, out of my A there. I I will not be doing backflips. Well, and the Browns won't be winning six games either, so you probably be okay. Yeah, be careful. You don't want to be negative. Sorry. Don't want to be negative. Again, we did this a little earlier on the program, and um, I, I know some of you probably weren't listening then. Um, a fair criticism of this program has been that, dude, you're pretty sports heavy, which I like. I'm a guy I listen to the radio, so, dude, I'm all about sports. Right. But you ignore the Indians a little bit. And given the fact that they won 13 straight, and I believe back-to-back seasons, they've done that, the first team to do it since the 60-61 Yankees, according to somebody that I read this morning, that's incredible. And you know what? We probably do need to start paying a little bit more attention to the Indians. As again, I was the guy that told you, you know, early in the season, everybody was giving up on them. I was like, dude, after the All-Star break, they're going to get in sync and they're going to go on a wild-ass tear. And sure enough, look what's happening. That's um, what's happening. I, I guess there's, you know, a couple of different things that you're looking at there. Um, just like basketball, there's a bit of like, well, the regular season, who cares? When you have expectations of a championship-caliber team, it's very easy to ignore greatness as it happens you know, in the regular season. You're right about that. Baseball does kind of have the same problem basketball has a little bit with that because as a casual, like, all right, so I do sports like this. Football is my favorite. Then I'm a basketball guy. And then I like baseball, right? But even if the Indians were out of it, playoff baseball is awesome. Like October baseball is awesome. And so like, I agree with you that I think 
once you know the playoffs start to, to start, more people will get into baseball. Well, and the Indians in particularly, just because it just feels like it's a given that the Indians are going to do pretty well in the regular season. Um, it just feels like at this point, especially after winning 13 consecutive games, and I mean, there's other points of the season where they rattle off 10 wins and stuff like that. It just feels like, well, yeah, they're good. Of course they're good. We'll talk about it when it matters. Much like with the Cavaliers, where it's like, well, yeah, I mean, who cares if they're be- if they're beating you know the Timberwolves on a random Tuesday night in February? No matter how good LeBron was in that game, just a Tuesday night game in February, where like yesterday, it's like, well, it's just a Tuesday afternoon game. No matter how impressive J Ram was. You're right about what you said, but I'm interested to see those games now. Um, now that uh, what, Jimmy Butler's up there now in Minnesota, and, and, I mean they, they put that roster together. Like I'm but vi- even even that dude. I mean nobody's gonna care. I mean like no, probably not. I I am I'm very much looking forward to this NBA season. Um, I was a huge Kyrie Irving fan, and I think him to the Boston Celtics makes the Celtics very interesting. Um, do I think they beat the Cavaliers? Probably not. But they're at least interesting, and I think it's good for the NBA to have Boston be interesting, much like Lonzo's going to make the Lakers interesting, and that's good for the NBA. And the NBA has been borrowing from the NFL model a little bit, which is, dude, they're finding ways to be talked about during the offseason. Baseball doesn't do as good of a job as that. And their, their, their P1 audience is just a little bit older, baseball is. And so I think that they suffer some of this like social media stuff. You know what I mean? They're falling behind in some of that. You know, basketball's really picked up the slack on social media and like ran. I think actually the NBA does a better job with social media than the NFL does, maybe even. And I mean, the NBA's just done a fantastic job with it. But uh, again, if you're into the football thing, you can join me this Sunday. I'll be at uh, TD's Tailgate Grill. I'll be at the Lake Cable Jackson location watching the Browns game. Coors Light on hand. $2 pints on that. Get to keep the rest. Be good stuff. I think it's 43 TVs are in that joint. Good food. I mean, Food's really great good. drink specials. I don't yeah. know why you'd pick go anywhere else. It'll be a good time. Got big plans this afternoon, buddy? Nah, nothing in particular. Uh, uh, no, I, I honestly don't know what I'm going to get into. What about you? Well, the boss man left. Did he? Yeah, he's out of the building. Okay. And so uh, I just, uh, yeah, I just booked a 12-15 tea time at Chenoweth. Nice. Nice. Dude, I, there's only so many days left, no, man. No, take advantage of it, so dude. There's honestly. only so many days left, man. I got to get out there. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited, man. I uh, I actually really like playing China with a lot, and I was surprised I was able to find a tea time that early. So, pretty excited about that. Aside from that, we're done for the day. Teresa, get you hooked up with a trip to Vegas for two for the 2017 iHeartRadio Music Festival. That happens at 11. You guys have a great day. See ya. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your friend, thanks. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here. When you're talking firearms, you know what you want? Knowledge, safety, and training. That's right. And you can find it all at Great American Shooting Sports in North Canton. Find Great American Shooting Sports state-of-the-art indoor gun ranges at 6505 Promler Street Northwest, right across Interstate 77 from the Strip. You can stay up to date at Facebook and Instagram or find more info at Great American